Here we are again, Glyn. Yes, indeed, David. We're here again. Yeah. We were here Where before. We're here, we're here again. We're back, right yeah. Back. Yeah. Badder than ever. Uh, this is another episode of the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. It is, yes. It's very exciting to be here yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. It certainly is. And this one, uh, we were interviewing uh, the lovely Anna Morris. Um, mm-hmm. who is genuinely very nice and um, really lovely chat again. I mean, they've all been nice, haven't they, really? It's been it's been a really positive thing. It has indeed. And this one was um, I, I actually I, it was quite a liberating chat, I thought. Did you have a over- sexual experience? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Do maybe, feel, I liberating yeah. is the right word. Maybe it's a bit over the top. It was very, it was very inspiring chat, I, yeah. I found personally. Um, but it, just to find out her journey and her uh, experience of, and mm. um, being in this industry um, and doing what she's done. And it, it was it was really just, yeah, it was lovely. It was just lovely. And we went off on lots of random kind of journeys, talking about things like recording the chart show off the radio. Um, yeah. uh, very, I can't now think of any others apart from well, that. Well, don't, don't, don't prove it, because this is the no, bit I before I it. You shouldn't of say Of course, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let, yeah. let, it, let it be, as the true, song says. That's true, so, yeah, no more. I'll say no more. No, 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 no. So here we go with the Anna Morris interview. So uh, we are here, uh, but not really here because it's a Zoom thing, uh, with Anna Morris. Hello, Anna. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've got, I have to admit, I've got imposter syndrome. I'm having that uh-huh. thing. I don't know if you guys are like, I'm just like, what? But why Why does anyone want to listen to anything I've got to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah we, like, have, we have that all the time. I'm yeah. really boring. Sorry, that's not a good start. But I, I suddenly got a bit nervous. And I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know if I've got anything exciting to say. Um, but I'll try. No, it's, I mean, it's just, I, I think, uh, we, yeah, we were born with imposter syndrome. So, um, yeah. but the thing is, we are actually imposters. I still get it all the time. Like, not all the time, but there's occasions when I'll be doing a meeting or a read-through or something, and I'll go, oh, this is really good. And then the voice in my head goes, why, why are you here? Why, like, yeah. this is, you know, someone's going to find you out. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to find out you didn't go to drama school. Yeah. I've had that, <laughs> I've had some acting jobs. I had this, like, well, they're going to know, they're gonna know you, you didn't go to RADA. So, got like, got like a big know, scam going. Really it's pretty obvious. But I, I, tell you, I think that's that's a healthy way to be. Well, within reason, because I think yeah. if you're if you've got an air of that, you're not going to be you're not going to be an asshole, <laughs> and you're going to remain yeah. sort of self aware and self deprecating. Although it can also really put you down, can't it? Because you do genuinely yeah. start to feel like you shouldn't be there. Yeah. But so, but anyway, yeah. we, we you are here, and that's good. Um, I'm how here. Have, how have you been finding this scenario that we've been in recently? The whole lockdown thing. Well. Um, really up and down like most people but like a roller coaster really I mean I think I'm much much better now I think the beginning like I think probably for everyone was very anxiety ridden Hmm. and but but not just because of work it was like a layered thing of like just the the uncertainty of it and and the lockdown happened just just felt like it happened so quickly yes um and I went back to my parents so I live in I live in my, my own flat and um I a week my boyfriend had gone up to Scotland to see his parents two weeks before lockdown right. and got stuck up there and oh, I wow. was like and my dad bless him was like I'm gonna come I'm gonna come and get you because I'm really worried you're gonna be I like my own company don't get me wrong but yeah. I was like I don't know what's gonna happen so I yeah. suddenly found myself um about to turn 40 so I turned 40 in <laughs> lockdown right. and I was I back at my parents in my in a single bed in my child's <laughs> room wow um, but felt quite safe kind of yeah. with them. Also yeah. then I stopped, then I did that classic thing of the first month reading the news every morning and every night. And I, my anxiety was awful. Yeah. I'm quite yeah. an anxious person anyway, but um, it was pretty bad. And then I lost a lot of work um, as you guys would have done as well. Yeah. And it just, yeah. 
there was a point where I was, there was a tipping point, I think, where I went, oh, this is awful. And then I kind of did that acceptance thing that I think we all did, where you start adapting and going, okay, this is how it is. It's nothing I can do about it. That's I just it. have to try and keep me and my family safe. Mm-hmm. And then I started making videos and, and just messing about and trying other stuff. And that's mm-hmm. really helped, I think. Yeah. Um, now feeling much better, feeling a bit more positive, um, still have the wobbles of the, if I think yeah. too far ahead, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to be a bit more like stop just catastrophizing because mm. with me I think and with a lot of artists I've got a very good imagination which is great for writing yeah. and is very good for um characters and the stuff I come up with but the problem is if I think too much about something and imagine a scenario it's like a movie in my head right yeah. I don't know if anyone else gets this but it's like I can play out an entire scene oh yeah from <laughs> and it'll catastrophize to the most ridiculous Thing that could ever happen and I'm like yeah. well that's gonna that's happened that's yeah, gonna yeah. happen and I'll feel it so I have to be very good at going just calm down I tell you that's a bit like for me when, when I'm late for something so if I'm on a train and I'm late I'm doing that thing oh, I'm late they all know. but I, I'm sort of thinking about it I'm not actually late yet you know what I mean even though I probably will still be late but I waste so much energy already being late and already mm. yeah like you say going through the whole thing so yeah particularly yeah. in circumstances like this you do just sort of have to let it be what it is yeah. you know really yes. but yeah did you, did you, um, I mean, I have to say that what you have done during lockdown, I mean, the vi- the videos that you've put out, the, the, the ones that were on, um, Twitter, the recent ones, I mean, did Twitter. you find those a kind of, um, good release of everything you were feeling? They're, they're fantastic. You've got the, the, yeah. the one you did at the beginning was about, um, the smug lockdown, which I think is just genius. Um, that, hey, that honestly, honestly, that came from, um, me just genuinely being, being cross with myself feeling guilty I think a lot of us mm. probably had guilt of like going well I'm not working I don't I, I my concentration levels were awful like I kept sitting down to write stuff and I'd just be staring at a page going I don't have anything yeah. um and then so the the first video I did the smug lockdown was just me getting annoyed with the amount of stuff I was seeing on social media of like yeah. it was a bit like this guys just you know let's make the most of this let's bake let's you know let's <laughs> I'm going to learn Arabic, oh, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of, um, and I kept seeing posts, even from, you know, friends and stuff going, I, um, do you know what? This is fantastic. I've just painted my entire house. Um, I've learned <laughs> Spanish. I've yeah. written a novel. And a couple of people well-meaning said to me when I was saying, look, I'm feeling anxious. I don't know what what ha- what the future holds for artists and stuff. And they go, look, you. this is the time for you to write that novel or that screenplay. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah. you go to write and go, yeah, you. oh, my God, you're right. I'm going to write this, like, amazing sitcom. And then you go mm. to do it and you're like, I don't, I literally don't have anything. And I kept just yeah. watching Contagion and crying, genuinely. Like, I <laughs> yeah. Contagion. We right. can talk about that later. I think a lot of people were. So basically, <laughs> to cut a long story short, the first video I did, I just, it, 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 I know it sounds weird, I just sort of almost dreamt it. I'm a bit weird. I kind of half dream ideas. My best mm-hmm. ideas are at like half five in the morning if I wake up early and I'm half awake, which okay. sounds a bit weird, but like an idea will go into my head and I could see this this video of me just, the first 30 seconds of just me doing lots, a montage of loads of smug things like baking and and just, I can't really remember what I did now, but with, with loads of language yeah. and painting a rainbow and all that stuff. And the second half was just me, the reality of me, um, throwing biscuits at Joe Wicks videos and like watching <laughs> Contagion crying and pouring wine into a cereal bowl. I didn't actually yeah. do that. For the purpose of the video, I did eat the cereal full of wine yeah. a little bit. It was horrible. Don't do it. And then I did it all at home. It, what was nice is that I felt creative and I felt like yeah. I was doing something and I wasn't thinking of, am I going to get paid for this? Is any? Am I going to get a producer to see this? Am I... Mm-hmm. It, oh, there was no... 
the ego kind of went and it was yeah. like, I'm just doing this because I need to do something and this yeah, is yeah. what I'm feeling. And then I, I, I knew a little bit about editing, not very well, but I kind of sliced it together on iMovie and that was fun because I was learning stuff. And then yeah. when I put it out, um, I showed my parents, it was really sweet because they were like helping me do it <laughs> and they thought it was really funny. And then it was, I picked some music and then I popped it on Twitter in the morning and then um, it just, it was really, it just went mental. I mean, I put it out there and I think, I think the title of it, I put, are you sick of smug lockdown posts? If so, watch this. So I think it was a bit right. of an invitation to, yeah, yeah. and I, it, what was lovely is like loads of people were like, that's exactly how I feel. Like yeah. the reality is I'm not doing all these amazing things. I'm just mm, finding yeah. it really hard. And that was the idea. And then me and my mum went for a walk and we came back and it was like 24,000 or something by midday. Amazing. And it went, Crazy. it was lovely because again, as I said, it wasn't an, I wasn't doing it for any re ego reason or to get more followers or to get, it was just sort of something to do. And then I've done loads of them. You know, some have worked well, some haven't, but all the ones I've done have just been observational stuff that either friends have told me or I've, I've noticed and just is the way I'm feeling or other people are. And they're just, they are, it's just a bit of fun really, but it feels like it's just been a nice little outlet for me to do it. And it has made me feel like I'm being proactive, but not, not yeah, in the way that I used to be, where I was just constantly worrying about what I was going to get from something. But with this, you right, yeah. you're just doing it because you you want to be an artist and creative. So yeah, it yeah. struck. I mean, for me personally, I'm, I when I saw the the smug lockdown one, it, it hit at just the right point <laughs> in yeah. that lockdown where I I was like I was at the point where I was feeling the pressure massively, mm. and you see yeah. something like that, and you, and actually it kind of makes you go. No, yeah, yeah, I don't have to be like that, do I? Yeah, no, actually, yeah, no, that is, I am just sitting, and I've got two yeah. kids, and my, um, uh, the pressure for us, it was, was the, um, the homeschooling pressure, and we had, yeah. I, we had a ridiculous thing at my son's school, where they had a, a Twitter account, and they put things on, um, people put things on to sort of talk about stuff um, that their what, kids yeah, are doing, and doing, it becomes right. a pressure to put things on, and, and it's, it's quite nerve-wracking, because you're like, oh god, yeah. my son hasn't done that today, or I haven't, I haven't done that, and you, but it was that pressure, there was lots of pressures like that, and then when I see a video like that, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good, it's not, yeah. not just... Yeah, I think, I think for parents, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent, but I know that my friends who are parents were really finding that whole, that whole mm. school, schooling thing tough, because it's not what mm. they do every day, no, and from no, the other exactly. side of it, my sister is a teacher, and so is my brother-in-law, and my sister was still having to teach online, but she's got two children as well. So right. she was trying to, and he's a teacher as well. So they're trying to take it in turns, but mm. you know, her three-year-old's in the background trying to do oh, a piano. A, he's got this little yeah. piano that he's obsessed with. Like keeps trying to play the piano, <laughs> just playing the demo, obviously. And yeah. it, it's really hard for everyone. It, it, I don't yeah. think there's anyone I know that hasn't been affected by this. None. Really? No. Well, that's it. Cause it, it is. there aren't very many things in life where everything about life changes for just about everyone you know it's just it's yeah, such yeah. an unusual unprecedented situation and also i think that sort of the smug thing i mean that just extends to normal life because i think you find yeah. with social media yeah. and facebook you could spend your whole life going my lot in fact i do a lot of this my life isn't any of these but everyone because everyone's releasing like the press release of yeah. their own life the best possible version of it and yeah. it's just really tiring isn't it and like you say yeah mm. you, i mean funnily enough seeing you do your videos made me think I should be, I should be doing something really creative. I know what like you mean. It's, so, it's, so, it's, a, it's a weird two, two pronged thing, isn't it? Because you yeah. kind of go, oh yeah, and I, I relate to that. But oh, yeah. damn, I wish I'd thought of that one and done that. Yeah, the irony of it was that I did it because I was I was feeling like I was procrastinating and not making anything, mm. and then I did it as that, and then I was like, oh no, I, now I now I'm smug because I've made something. This time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of I did that, but I'm working on a new one. So I'm trying to do new ones where I'm doing some characters and stuff because that's what my original background is character comedy. Mm. So I did one the other day about going back to the pub which like was 
Oh, lots I saw of that, yeah. characters that you might yeah. see at the pub I'd sort of observed in my life and I'm trying to think of one um, my new one that I'm trying to come up with is when the gym's open so what I'm doing at the moment is I'm going what's coming up is there yeah. something playful I can do with that so I'm thinking about when the gym's open and I'm thinking about the kind of when I've gone to the gym and the kind of people you see at the gym and I'm kind of working on that at the moment like um right. I've, I've been to several gyms I've moved around quite a lot and there's always certain characters in there that do my head in like there's always a guy going mm, like that place yeah. and it's really intimidating but yeah. it, there's always um there's always like I've tried to do some of the classes but there's often like a really shouty boot camp teacher with a headset and even if they're yeah. right they're shouting and I had this because this guy was like just going through all the horrible misogynist names for female body parts like come on ladies get your bingo let's get those bingo wings those muffin chops oh, really? so honestly like <laughs> So I'm trying. That's my next thing at the moment. I'm trying to think of like those little characters. That's my new. That's my new obsession. It's just the little little characters. Yeah. How how do, how do you tend to write stuff normally? I mean, do do you? I know you've sort of been involved in like collaborative things, but do you do you tend to write on your own? And how how do you? Is it different to like how you're approaching these videos now, or is it? Sort yeah. Of the, well, originally I was I did live char- character stuff like shows and gigs, and it, it's a it's a process that's changed over the like when I first started doing that, I was obsessed with scripting everything, right. and I was obsessed like I was like everything has to be scripted, and if I do a gig, it has to be exact, stick to the words and stick and it, it just didn't meant that I was going to do gigs as characters and do it just just not giving myself the freedom to play with it and not trusting yeah. myself to be funny off script and if I forgot the lines I'd get annoyed and I was like Who? no one knows that I've forgotten the lines because it's just me um and then I tried basically I tried several different ways of doing things and I accidentally stumbled upon for me the best way of doing things where I went to the Brighton Fringe to do a work in progress hadn't had time to write, really write anything, hmm. had a massive glass of wine, hmm. and then went to do a work in progress show. Didn't think anyone would come, and 50 people came. <laughs> and I, that, that was my wedding show I did. I did an interactive wedding show, and it came from me going, I have come up with this idea of doing a show where I'm playing my bride character, my bridezilla character. I haven't had time to write this, so what I'm going to do is write an order of service in bullet points of like what, what would happen at a wedding, and I'm just hmm. going to have to play with ideas. And I ended up doing this really fun, silly, silly show where I just said to the audience at the beginning, look, I don't really have anything. So we're just going to make a show. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. It was a free show in Brighton. Yeah. I was like, and then I had the most fun. I mean, it wasn't all funny. Some of it was a disaster, but that was why it was entertaining because some of it was horrific. And I was going, this is awful. And everyone would laugh. And then yeah. I'd go, right, does anyone want really to be a bridesmaid? Yeah. And, we'll... and then I said, does anyone have any music? We'll pick out some music for me to walk up the aisle to on Spotify. <laughs> and someone picked like, the Imperial March or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And my director came to see it three nights in because I did a four night run of this work in progress show. And by then I was getting in the swing of things. I was coming up with these little ideas and he was like, oh my God, this this is really unusual. And afterwards I went, look, I'm so sorry. This is a mess. I don't know what it is. I will script it. He was like, no, this is the show. The show is just loo- a bit loose, but we'll put a structure around it. But I think it's just the, the audience make a show with you. So yeah. From then on, my stuff became very interactive and very much based on me having some ideas and then playing with an audience. And I think for me, comedy's always been the interaction with the audience. It all, it's always been like, you guys are here. I don't want to ignore you. And that's risky because it can be, that can be scary if people are drunk or they're, you know, shouting. I'm sure you've done Edinburgh shows and people have been like that. Yeah. But mostly people want to, sometimes people want to join in mm. and yeah play and like if they don't and I, I'm very good at reading body language so I started to realize who 
who looked like they wanted to join in and who didn't. And I rarely got it wrong. And it became a bit of a thing that I did. So, yeah. and then other stuff I've done, some sitcom stuff is either scripted or Lee and Dean I did was mostly improvised. Um, mm. And because of my background at improvising the shows, that really helped. So mm. these, the videos I'm doing, um, I just write bullet points of what they are. And then I just, because it's me filming it, I just film it again and again and yeah. again. So what you see is a finished minute, but yeah. I would have spent ages like recording myself and most of it's all most of it's awful i think i accept that a lot of stuff i do is not going to be great but out of that stuff i do there's there's going to be little nuggets of it that are good i think but what's your process how do you do your stuff well it's funny like i mean sort of specifically the thing i was thinking of when you were saying about like when you write stuff and you used to feel hard with hard on yourself when you didn't do the stuff you'd written i know when i started doing stand-up on my own because like glenn and i worked together first but something that glenn would say to me a lot because I would find that the stuff I wrote didn't necessarily work, but then I'd say something mm. in response to that, like you were saying about the audience, and and that would be funny. And I'd be I'd be like pissed off at myself, going, "Well, I got a laugh for that. Why am I not getting a laugh?" And Glyn said, "Well, it's all the same thing, you, mm. you know. Just so if you understand that, you know, if you get a laugh, that's all that really matters. That's what frees you up." And but, I think I think the thing yeah. is, we came off the off the back of us too. We we would, I mean, we both come from drama school backgrounds where we both learnt scripts. I mean, we of us were people who of us were people who did improv so i i mean i we both kind of came out of writing stuff together where we would sit and write a script so there would be lines and everything would be like that so i've Mm. always been very much like i need a script and i need lines i need to know what my character is and those things but like i said yeah like i said to you david when you were doing your stuff on your own the the funniest bits were the sort of natural off the cuff in between not 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 saying that everything else was rubbish but just it had that that that, some of that stuff got really good reaction where you just off the cuff thought of something yeah yeah which is great you know freeing up your own mind isn't it to allow yourself to sort of do which is nerve-wracking i mean i was gonna say to you anna when you did it the first time when you first did that um bride bridezilla show did was that was that nerve-wracking or were you kind of using the the character was a kind of really good thing to hide behind i'm always nervous pretty much 90% 90% of the time. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm better at managing the nerves. Um, right. But yes, I, I, I play a lot of high status characters and that mm. really helps. Of course, it, if I'm hiding behind the character, it almost gives you license to be more confident. And and, and when I'm me, as I said, I yeah. had imposter syndrome even doing this, like mm. um, I'm a bit nervous and I'm a bit stumbly and I stutter. But when I'm, so I, when I'm Georgina, immediately, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like Bash yeah. and I'm, yeah. you know, just pipe down. If an audience member's like being a bit naughty, I'm just, just pipe down and face the wall, okay? Yeah. So I immediately, I feel safe. Mm. And the audience almost like, because I they feel like I'm in charge. Like They're like naughty school children. So the show became chaotic because people would start on purpose um, being silly because they felt like, they, like I was a school teacher. Yeah. So definitely, definitely I get nervous. But um, I think part of the reason... Um, that I started interacting was a was a little thing that when I started gigging, um, so you know when you're gigging and you you have the lights on and you can't see the audience, yeah. Which is most comedy clubs they put the lights on you and you can't see, yeah. yeah. At all. So I realised um, that I was really freaking out. So I'm com- completely deaf in my left ear. I only have one ear that works, and it's a very strange thing because I have no directional sound. So right. Um, when I started gigging, and I was about 30, 29, 30 when I started gigging, so I came to it sort of later than a lot of people do. And I found that when I was doing these gigs, if I heard a noise or someone in the audience said something, not heckles, but like try to join in, I would panic because I'd go like, mm. I don't know where that's come from. Yeah. And, I, and so I, I went to a gig, asked, said, could you put the house lights on a bit? And obviously that's a bit scary because you can see people. But as soon as mm. I did that, I was like, oh, now I feel like, 
I'm more in control. I can see people. If someone makes a noise, I can see where it's coming from. And then all my shows basically came from me then just by habit and doing my own shows, controlling the lighting, going, right, house lights on, hmm. house lights higher. When I, and I just, I started chatting to people because I felt like they were in front of me and I wanted to. Yeah. And for me, it's a control thing, I think. <laughs> I think for me, it's like a way of me taking control of my hearing problem and going, right. yeah, yeah. I can see you. And sometimes in shows, someone shouts something out and I go, I can't, I don't know where that's come from. And I go, I'm yeah. half deaf and go, people think it's a joke. It's not. Um, hmm. But that's been a big part of my journey. And I also partly think that I'm good at characters because when I was a kid, I had to really listen. And when you really listen, you you observe people's um, body language, lip reading. Like you probably don't realise how much you're taking in voices mannerisms stuff like that so i from a very young age was able to impersonate people or yeah. um pick out things they were doing because i was observing and i think a lot of people who are hard of hearing probably communicate a lot on other stuff that's not noise like and then i found also with the lockdown with masks on um hmm. it's really interesting so I, I don't i didn't think i could lip read i probably can a little bit but what i've realized for me and i don't know if other people have found this even if you're not hard of hearing is when i have like I went, I haven't really, you know, been out a lot on the trains or anything like that, but I, I went to the station the other day because I had to go, I went to go and see a friend. It's the first time I'd gone to the station and my ticket thing didn't work. It didn't load on the smart. I went up to the guy at the thing and he had a mask on and I, <laughs> as soon as that happened, I was like, and it's happened mm. in a supermarket. Someone asked me if I had a Nexa card or something and I literally was, I get, I guess that's what he'd asked me, but yeah. I'm really finding that quite difficult. Because I think I've realised how much I need to see people's mouths. I don't know yeah. if anyone else said that. I know what you mean. I had a, I had to go and do a thing at the hospital actually on Friday, and there was everyone was wearing a mask, and it, I wasn't, it wasn't there because I was ill. I was there because I was doing some charity thing, but it was very bizarre because suddenly mm. I was looking at everyone's eyes, and I was, and I, I mean, I could, <laughs> yeah. I could hear people, but I was literally reading people's eyes. I was like, are you smiling at me now? Is that it's a like smile? Is that, talking to a load really of Princess weird. Dianas, just all these yeah. eyes. Just, yeah. Very, very bizarre. Like, it is. I hadn't written... And that was the first time I'd worn a mask yeah. as well. So I also felt really restricted myself. Mm. And I felt like I was having to animate every other part of my body <laughs> to make it clear what I was thinking because yeah. because my mouth wasn't showing it. Yeah. It, was just my, it does make weird. a massive difference, I think. Yeah. I really do think. I think... Um, there's been a lot of stuff on campaigning and stuff online. I think now deaf people who who are deaf who travel with signers um, don't have to. I don't. I think they don't have to wear a mask. Or this they can yeah. travel with someone who can interpret for them. Mm. But I know there's masks. You, you can get clear ones as well. In in okay. I think some people who've gone to hospital have, have the staff got clear ones if they can't mm. if they can't hear. That's good but idea. um, yeah. So I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. But no, I no. do. I think that my hearing loss sort of maybe help me be a comedian i don't know yeah. i don't know i just feel like it's probably helped with me observing people and stuff now, I, mem I remember reading your article in the guardian i think it was i feel like it, it was an article you did for the guardian last yeah. year wasn't it and it was i yeah, think it was yeah. around the time that you come and did came and did mostly comedy the show that, mm. uh, that yeah. we run and um and i remember kind of thinking about it and then i think you came just afterwards but yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting and also i think it, it shows because i think your stuff's yeah. really really subtle like your videos and, and what i really like about it is they're often really really short but you know you yeah. use every moment but it's the things that aren't being said and it's the little reactions so yeah it definitely shows that that you're sort of observant observant i think also it's interesting doing videos instead of live stuff because mm. you sort of put it out then you don't know what the reaction's going to be and at yeah. the moment especially on twitter and stuff um there's a you know there's a lot of 
trolling and there's a lot and i have had some some nasty-ish comments on some of them people taking it really seriously or taking it literally and it's i get upset because i'm like i didn't mean to offend anyone i was just like i did a back to work one which is one where i speak very quickly and i i imagine what it would be like to go back to work and that that was based on all my friends who work in off full-time office jobs going i really don't want to go back i don't want to have to commute i don't want to have to have a desk facing the wall and and there's people in my office who microwave fish and yeah. I genuinely <laughs> wrote it all down, did a video that went really well, but I did get some comments going, well, you, and, and at the end of it, I've got a glass of wine and I'm, I'm doing it in a dressing gown in front of a laptop. And it's, it's obviously like, uh, that's not my job, but it was, yeah. a, it was a silly kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, look at me working from home with a, in a dressing gown with a glass of wine. And I did get some quite nasty, like people taking it seriously going, well, you're just sat there with your glass of wine having a lovely time. I've, I've had to work. And one, one person said, you should be ashamed of yourself. What? Seriously. Honestly. Yeah. And I, and even those are just a few comments, but I do, I do get nervous when I put stuff on Twitter. I don't know if you guys do, but. I, I kind of avoid Twitter now. because I'm, I'm yeah. so scared of writing anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The so video's I, yeah. safe in some ways, but I do get scared that I'm going to do something that's going to be really, I didn't even realise was offensive. <laughs> But I think it's all about the trusting your judgment, but also I think, you know, really, if you, the intention, if the intention is sound, people, people, some people are going to be looking to be pissed off or, you know, they don't even really understand it's comedy or so you're always going to have those sort of people. But, you know, if the intention isn't, you know, like to be offensive, then I, I don't think mm. you're going to be. But yeah, it's the thing about not overthinking it, isn't it really? Because if you do that, yeah. you never do anything mm. really. I no, think yeah. the videos as well, like, um, it's interesting, so, but I started my career, I started my career doing gigs, like mm. just the little gigs in rooms above pops with it. And I was in a, in a double act and we did sketches. We just did little sketches. I had a full-time office job and it was like a bit of, I did, I did draw, I did drama at university. I did theater studies at university. It was quite an act, academic course actually. And mm. I left university, didn't feel confident enough to go to drama school, didn't have the money. So I got various jobs in my twenties and then suddenly went oh do you know what I'm just I, I really miss doing my little comedy stuff that I used to do because I used to do it at uni um so I started doing the little gigs in rooms above pubs and then they started going quite well hmm. and then I grew more confident and started doing characters on my own and then went solo but again it was still like me doing it after work hmm. on weekends um if I had if when I did my first Edinburgh show a solo show I took three weeks off work mm-hmm. um I was I saved up all my holiday and <laughs> took it all in one go which was right, crazy because yeah. I got really tired and ill um yeah. but yeah. talking about the videos the way I got an agent um so I I, tr- I think I tried to invite agents to gigs and you know okay sometimes you'd get a reply and they'd go yeah we'll come to gig and obviously Hmm. They just don't, I don't know if they want to go after work and sit no. in a pub and wait for you to come on. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I thought, well, I'm, this is just not working. I, and then I thought, well, I invite them to my Edinburgh show, but I did the free fringe. I couldn't afford to do a big show and no one was really interested. So I was like, fine. And then a month before Edinburgh, I made um, a little series of videos, which is the Bridezilla character I've talked about, Georgina's wedding vlogs. And that was done at a very, like, um, a friend of mine made them for me. Um, we sort of improvised them and had loads of fun doing them. And he did it in my lounge. And um, I put the first one out the morning. I went to work in the morning, put put it out before I got to work and said, is this Britain's worst bride was my little tag. Hmm. And I think I put it on YouTube and I shared it on Facebook and stuff. And basically that, that, was, that day was insane. So I went into a meeting at 10 o'clock and came out of the meeting and had loads of missed calls and texts going, you, 
your this video you've got is going viral <laughs> and i was like what they're like people think it's real yeah. so some people thought it was a joke and some people like who the hell is this woman yeah. <laughs> who do you think she is because it's she's really patronizing and awful that's perfect um, though, that long it? story yeah. short that all went crazy and it was amazing and then obviously i had i had one coming out a week and um and then a week before edinburgh i can't remember when it was my sister who is I love to bits. Who's a, who's a legend and amazing. She's um, she messaged me in the first week of Edinburgh saying, "I've done something and I think mm. you're going to be really cross with me." And I was like, "Oh my god, what what has she done?" She said, "I had a couple of." She was on holiday and she said, "I had a couple of glasses of wine, and I sent your video to an agent." And I was like, "Sorry, what?" And she sent it to a really really good agent. She basically looked up Miranda Hart's agent because she decided that. <laughs> just thought of Miranda Hart, yeah. looked at Miranda Hart's agent, who was also David Walliams and Matt Lucas's agent and um, Graham Norton's agent. She basically, my sister just found an email address, <laughs> like saying info, whatever. Hmm. Um, she put the YouTube link in the subject matter. And then she put, hi, my name's Kate. This is my sister, Anna. I've still got the email somewhere. Right. I think she's really funny. Um, she did this video, it did really well. She's doing a show in Edinburgh. You should come and see it. Kate, that was it. And then I, so she told me and I went, Oh, I said, why have you done that? I was like, that's really embarrassing. They're going to think, they're not going to come. So I got really upset. I was like, oh, that's really embarrassing. And then she went, okay, well, they want to come to your show. They really like the video. And I was like, what? So she forwarded me an email from an assistant going, this has gone around the office. We love it. It's great. Is she represented? Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. It was crazy. Then amazing. they came to see my show. Then two two other agents came to see my show because they found out that agent had come. Right. And it's a really weird thing with Edinburgh. They were thinking they were like, well, we need to be the first to sign her. We yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly I left Edinburgh, I suddenly had an agent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? And I was still working full time because you don't just suddenly stop your job and go, No. I'm gonna work. Yeah. I you know, I, I I couldn't. I start to work. Mm. And um, a week later I had my first audition and it was hilarious because I was like Again, imposter syndrome. This is probably why I've had it from the beginning. They went, um, right, we've got an audition for you. Um, and they sent me this email breakdown. And obviously now I'm used to it. But back then I was like, what? what? I was terrified. They went, it's for Alan Partridge, the movie. Um, it was just a small part. It was just playing a receptionist. Um, and they said, this is the time, the date, blah, blah. And obviously I was working. So I was like, what? I have to take a morning off. I was like, this is just... And I went to the audition. I felt sick i went in i went in and i went i literally said i went in and went hi sorry um do where do i look do i look into the camera do i look at you and they were a bit like and i did it and it, they said that was a good read it was fine didn't get the part i think the part in the end whoever got the part it got cut out of the thing so luckily right. i didn't get it but um i yeah i had imposter syndrome because i was like well, but this shouldn't have happened so yeah it was so basically i owe it to my sister and my little videos <laughs> that that was the only way i got someone Right to come and see me. It's a bit of a long-winded story. Sorry, no, but a, that's but amazing. So that, that that's lovely. That's just gives you faith. That does. That's yeah. It, 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 no, really it hugely, hugely gives me gives us faith. I think, but it is yeah, yeah. it is um that's fascinating. But if you if that hadn't have happened, then what was your what was your plan after Edinburgh? Were you were you just going to keep kind of doing the the live circuit, trying to kind of well, build yeah. on that? I was that happy kind of just doing. I was mm. still would still have done my gigs and my shows. Um, my show went well in Edinburgh. It got nicely reviewed. The audience is built. Um, you know, builds on words and word of mouth, and yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. I think mm. I probably would have just carried on. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd worked in television production through a lot of my twenties, so maybe I would have gone back to that. But the full time mm. job I had was in advertising, like um, doing advertising compliance, which sounds basically is is um, a job where you check adverts before they go on an air, on air, and you right. check if they're compliant. And it's, right. it's actually a really interesting job. And I did it because I'd worked in TV for so long, and it got 
very the higher up I was going on the ladder of TV I was finding it really tough like a really tough yeah. job um mm. the hours were crazy um I love how I've switched from that to this comedy and <laughs> yeah. I'm like why why is this any easier it's not yeah. um I just my heart wasn't in it and I had a couple of jobs that were really long hours and really stressful um like I worked on the Paul O'Grady show and stuff like that like some really cool jobs I met some yeah. really interesting people um and I I I some ways I had an amazing time but the pay wasn't great I had months when I was unemployed I mean I, again I sounds familiar yeah, yeah. my heart wasn't in it and yeah. the, this job the office job I got I did for four years I made some ama- I did it for two more years after I got an agent until I till I stopped because right. of my filming I was getting jo- enough work to mm. to leave mm. and and I couldn't keep taking holiday. I was getting tired and I was getting, and it wasn't fair on the job either. Um, and I still do other jobs. Now I still do some office work, advertising stuff, because that's the nature as you guys know. Yeah. You don't, people just sometimes think that you, you're constantly working or you're, mm. you've been paid so much you don't have to, but mm. it's not, the reality is not like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I do sometimes do a lovely ad- advertising freelance job, job. I meet lovely people and I do it. And then I do a bit of filming and I do, you know, you mm. guys know it's, the reality is that you yeah. do about three or four things yeah, and I yeah. still do that. I'm really glad I have that, but I love that I can still do my little bits and pieces when I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's really nice. It's a bit like what you were saying about the videos you've done recently. Sometimes the thing you don't intend to do or like your sister stepping in is the thing that made it happen. So it's it, but that's so I lovely. don't know if you guys find, but um, I find if I overthink things and over script and over analyze, yeah. it never does as well. Yes. And when I do a random like, always for me if i do a random idea or just a throwaway thing hmm. um it seems to, to become something so for example i'm doing yeah. a radio four um stand-up special which i'm going to record next year now that came about because i emailed sean ed who's the head of radio four comedy he's a lovely lady and i said oh have you got a chance for a coffee i want to pitch you a few characters um and then with radio four you 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 pitch through a production company and it, it sort of goes that way but hmm. she was she was lovely. She said, yeah, pop in for a coffee. So I popped in for coffee and I, I went in with a notebook going like, these are my characters. I'm going to say to her, look, if I apply for next time, hmm. what about this idea, these sketches and these characters? Um, and I'd already had a rejection for a character thing I'd, I'd done. Um, and basically with that one, I, I had a coffee, got a bit hyper, had a rant about some stuff I was going through that was quite personal, but like a bit of a rant about my life. And she was laughing though, because I was sort of making it funny without realizing. I went, sorry, anyway, characters. And she went, no, hang on. What you're talking about is really funny. She said, I know it's not funny because it's a hard subject, but Mm. um, there's something in that, there's something in that. And she went, that's your show. I want that as a pitch show. She put me in touch with the producer and suddenly I was like coming up with a show that I was like, God, really? What? And Mm -hmm. then um, now I've got this, I now have a show which is terrifying because it's like a stand-up type show and that's not my thing, but it, and it's yeah. quite personal what I'm talking about. Um, but that that just seems to have come sort of from a, from a rant. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, that a, is that a character thing then or is that you? No, it's just that's me. You, so that's you being... It's me saying to her, wow. these are loads of things that are ha- happening and I'm yeah, struggling. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're, when you present it, you're presenting it as yourself then doing Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that is, that is very different. And being honest and, and being quite like... and and, and talking about stuff that's that's tricky so basically it's called it's called kid life crisis and it's about me turning 40 and not being sure about having kids and not being sure if i can and all that kind of thing um and the kid life crisis bit came from me having this little rant and saying to her do you know what i think i'm having a bit of a kid life crisis i don't know what to do and she was like that's your title yeah and that came from again just going 
so I think sometimes yeah less is more yeah do you find that not material yeah well it's connecting with that bit of your brain I mean like I I, I trust the going for the, the difficult stuff because I wrote a show about depression and um I'd never talked about it really publicly at all and it ended up the first preview that I properly did it was at our own club because Bright, I cancelled Brighton shows or whatever. And I did a thing at the beginning about, because I'd go to the mental health unit in, at the List Hospital, and you'd be waiting to go in, and the radio would be on, and it'd be like songs like All By Myself. And things like that. And just like, <laughs> yeah, and you just, and so I just did a thing, and it's just like me reading a magazine, hearing this song, and going, oh, Christ. But, and, but it, it, it I don't know, yeah, it worked for me more than anything I'd ever really done before. And it was that thing. Really? Just tried, yeah. yeah, so I completely agree with you. Sometimes, and it's not, it's sometimes mm. slightly left of centre. But if it's real, I think, if it's real and yeah. it, if you feel passionate about it in some way, so like you're saying, if it's a, like you were having a rant, it sort of makes sense that that follows. I think, but yeah. I think it's certainly for us as a double act, when we started our comedy club, we, start, mm. well, we started a comedy club because we came back from a, an Edinburgh festival experience where we'd put everything into it, yeah. everything and really written a script and written a, a comedy mm. play. Um, that you know was mixed as a mixed experience if I'm honest mm-hmm. um, but but we came back from that and went well, what do we do now and the mm-hmm. friend of ours said why don't you um, start a comedy club in Hitching because you, know, you could do with a, something different and we had about one sketch and we did that one sketch on the first night and then went well, what the hell do we do now yeah. and then it was just it, it came out of like little ideas where we were just kind of I remember that thing that happened the other day oh that was funny remember we had that and we ended up doing this thing with the projector where we project stuff onto a projector and talk about those things and that became and that was for, purely because there was a projector in the room because so we went yeah, in the room. well we go, why, don't, why don't we show that stuff that on the screen because then they'll see it better yeah. and then and then it was weird and then some of the best stuff that we wrote was right in those early days where it was just yeah. a quick idea and went oh what about that or we could talk about that a bit more and what about if we turn that into a song or we turn that into a ridiculous yeah. routine but yeah that that was the best stuff where I think that now. we still do now and it's yeah we do yeah, yeah. the stuff we didn't overthink the stuff you just no. went okay let's just do this 10 yeah. minutes let's work yeah. that bit out and like you, you if you start analyzing it you go well actually yeah. to do stand we had to use a projector because how do you refer about the same thing yeah and i think so we've, we've we've suffered a little bit from that in, the, in the, sort of since then trying to do gigs and stuff as a double act for one you mm. turn up and they only give you one microphone and you say no there's two of us so we need yeah. two microphones yeah. but it's a very weird thing doing stand-up as a double act because a lot mm. of double acts just do sketches that's the thing and whereas we weren't being other characters we were just being ourselves talking whereas and that's what we would normally thing. do is the weird yeah. thing because we do so it's a, so, it's a, yeah. it is it's a it's, it's a good thing, but it was a tough thing to do. I think, but I think yeah. me doing. I think the reason I was doing characters is because I just I love Victoria Wood. Like she's my I I I, part, I do sort of partly think she's the reason I do what I do because when right. I was a kid, when I was like seven or eight, my mum and dad have a great sense of humour, and they're nor they're northerners. They've got a really great northern sense of humour. They're scousers, and they right. um they love they just introduced me to Victoria Wood when I was a kid, and I I loved it. We had it like on VHS. Um, the days of VHS guys, remember? Uh, yes, um, yeah. I, I just had a flashback of like ha- having, you know, like my mum would have put a label on a VHS, but don't tape over. I had, yeah, uh, I found one of those the other day actually, one of my videotapes yeah. that I'd put. Don't just tape have to over. take the tag off, just take the little yeah. plastic tag yeah. off on the VHS. And there'd be like three, five layers of labels going yeah. Brookside, like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Top of the pops. For me, pops. it was like top of the pops, don't tape over. Like you get so yeah. angry if someone taped over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember having like keeping aside these Victoria Wood as seen on TV. Um, recorded shows with acorn antiques and right. all her characters and her julie walters like and victoria Woods was so generous she gave her best lines i think to julie walters often hmm. best characters to her and yeah. i i watched her and went i that's what i want to do i want to do these i used to quote it i used to just be hmm. eight years old and quoting which is a bit odd um and french and saunders and stuff and i think seeing her do it i was like 
that's what I don't know. I've gone off on one. I don't know what my original no, point no, was. I don't know. Yeah, you're talking, you're preaching to the converted because us as kids, we were doing this. So I used to like record Alan Partridge, but like with a tape recorder, just record it and like, oh. and mm. like the, the thing like when they did like an ABBA like medley and I'd learned that inside out. And it's just, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And in a world where you, it wasn't so easy to access these things. So that's why you have the Do Not Tape Over. It's yeah. like, well, it's only on at that time. So you've got to. And Carrot, yeah. like, I think what I was going to say, and I need to talk about um, recording the Pepsi chart show in a minute because I've just, that's uh. what. Oh my god, um, Doctor Fox! Yeah, carrot. Yeah, yeah. carrot. Yeah. I was going to say carrot just came from me, probably from from that influence, but also yeah. a protection of myself. Probably of me going. Mm. If I do characters, I don't have to be me. Yeah, and yeah. Um, probably what you were saying, David, about your the, the depression stuff. I I suffer from depression. Um, on and off, like I man, I manage it. It's mm. something that I just mm. live with. Um, yeah. but I think for me, like doing characters meant I didn't have to. I was going through quite a tough time, I think, when I started doing it. And probably the characters for me were like a way of me being high status and not yeah, yeah. feeling like that. And yes. actually, I feel like now I've got more confident and the older I've got, I'm a bit more like I'm ready to do stand up because I feel like I'm mm-hmm. happy to be me, which sounds a bit yeah, yeah. cheesy, but maybe it's a bit that more acceptance. Pepsi Charter, I was going to say, um, <laughs> me and my sister were laughing about this the other day saying, we used to be obsessed. We'd listen to the Pepsi chart show with Dr. Fox yep. and we'd be ready to press record yep. on the tape thing. And mm. you get, so you get like a bit of an intro and then you get the song. And then yep. again, you'd have note, don't tape over on it. And then you'd like, <laughs> do I, do I record over this song? Like who's number yeah. one now? Like someone yeah. be number one 20 weeks. And um, mm. I used to love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was, very, I can remember playing. Yeah. I can for some reason I remember for a long time seventy four seventy five by the Connells was in the charts for, for a while. <laughs> and I really liked it. Yeah. I don't know why it's a really dull song, but it was. Um, I remember right. ke- I kept kind of going, "Do I record over this version because there's a bit more talking on this one, mm-hmm. or do yeah. I wait till the next? Because it might there might be less talking next time, so maybe it's good I have a couple of versions of it because they did I like. I remember I used to get me and Kate. My sister used to get um, like Smash Hits magazine. And mm. top of the box. I don't know if it was top of the box magazine, but it was smash. Uh, it. Fast forward. Fast was forward was the one. I had fast forward delivered. Lyrics out. Yeah, so, used yeah. to, we'd be obsessed uh-huh. with lyrics. We used to cut yeah. the lyrics out so we'd have the lyrics there and sing along to it. Whereas I would do the stopping the record. You used to do like recording it and then pausing it and writing them down and then, then play. And that's what I used yeah, to do. I did yeah. that. <laughs> I did yeah. that. And it's just. Like, and now I'm going to sound really old, but like now I'm like, I've got my Spotify on and I'm flicking through and I'm like, oh, I remember when I, you had to pull yeah. the tape. Do you remember yeah, you yeah. 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 and flip it over mm. and then play the yeah. other stuff? Oh, yeah, like, and you think, how did you ever find a song on a tape? Like, I can't remember like how I yeah. used to, must spend ages fast forwarding through stuff and you'd know the points in the tape where you'd go, no, we're nearly there. No, I'm nearly there. Yeah, yes. I'm nearly yeah. at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't we it? Like, on, um, we used to go on family holidays to like France and stuff and my dad used to drive Um he used to get the ferry and then he'd drive through France. And we always had like, me and Kate, like really remember these, like, you know, there's like now eight or now that's yeah, like music yeah, or yeah. hits tape. Yeah, we had those, yeah. It's tape eight. I, some, we, were, we only had like two tapes in the car. Or, <laughs> and we'd play them again and again and again. And the other day, like a song came on the radio and I, I got this really lovely feeling that I was driving, not me driving, because mm. I was obviously six. So that mm. wouldn't work. That would be that dangerous. I was yeah. in, we were driving through France and the song was on. Mm. And then I suddenly expected like a song um i can't remember i can't think like a bangle song yes. for example yeah, yeah. come on mm. afterwards because i was like oh then that and i would know this song would finish and then the next song would come on and I, mm. then I, I googled it to see if i could find it i was like do they have it on spotify no because <laughs> you remember those distinct like 
the order of the songs. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, like for me very specifically, and this is sort of a slightly later song, but I remember the song The Day We Caught the Train by Ocean Colour Scene. And it was like a really good summer and I was on holiday and that was like the song of that summer. And if I hear it now, it's just like, yeah, straight back to being a kid again. It's just the, It's like um, yeah. festivals. Like I mm. I um went to Glastonbury ninety seven. Right. And I'm so happy I did that because I didn't really ever go. I didn't go to Glastonbury again. Yeah. Um, I was 17 years old. I had blue hair. I had lots of piercings. And I went with a couple of friends and it was very, very, very muddy. But it was the year that Radiohead headlined and mm. the Prodigy headlined. And it was all the indie bands, like Ocean Colour Scene, um, yeah. Reef, um, Beck. Mm. Um, Ash, like all my friends, and I just, oh, I just have this such happy memory of just being very muddy in a field with blue hair with these <laughs> two girls and just like covered in mud and not caring and staying up all night. Yeah, and now, yeah. like, I went camping on the weekend and I just was like, too pot posh to pitch. That's my <laughs> new phrase. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I missed that. Air bed. Yeah. I have an air bed. I was mm. in the tent by 11. Um, <laughs> I stopped drinking by eight because I didn't want to be hungover. And I was like, oh, how times have changed to those yeah, days. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you because I'm I turn forty next year and did did do you feel because for me I'm a big Beatles fan and none of them were thirty when they split up which I you know um, and John Lennon was forty when he died so I find myself going shit should I be doing something seriously now because he managed to fit his whole life and do do are you feel I mean obviously you're saying about the kid life crisis thing but do do you I mean you're already doing stuff so maybe that answers it but do you feel like you should be doing more is there something do you are you aware of that that I, milestone in it you know? yeah do you know what I it was weird because I, I said I turned 40 in April in lockdown and I and I don't normally do anything for my, for my birthday really but because I was turning 40 and I was having this massive panic just generally not, not just the kid thing but just this general like what what am I what am I doing I don't know what I'm you know yeah. um and the, the rant I'd had at Sean Ed was that I um I sort of sorted things a bit now, but there was a point where like only a year or so ago, I was living with my parents. I I, I passed, I only passed my driving test in February this year. I, I feel like I like I couldn't drive. I was living with my parents because I was having mm. a rent break. I don't own a property. Um, but the basic, basically I could give you a list of things I felt mm. like I wasn't grown up enough. <laughs> yeah. I could see all my yeah. friends to have, like I've got some friends are going, we've got a second home now. In, uh, what, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and so I and one of my friends had four kids and like you're suddenly going, what have I, what am I supposed to have done this? Like, what have I chosen? Um, but the four, so I, I had planned a party. I booked a place in King's Cross to have a party with friends on the, the week after my actual birthday. And I was really excited about it. And then obviously like that got cancelled. And my yeah. 40th in the end was really lovely. I spent it with my parents. Um, so my dad was like, well, 40 years ago, you, today you spent it with us. So yeah. no, <laughs> um, and what, you know, what was lovely is that people made a massive effort. So my boyfriend got loads of um, videos from friends and my sister did as well. Mm. And it was a, it was a really amazing video where people did messages with people I hadn't seen for like mm. 20 years, people I went to uni with, people I worked on TV with, um, and it made me cry a lot and it felt amazing. And I felt really, that I felt so good. I thought I've got lovely people in my life. I'm really grateful. Again, it's sounding a bit cheesy. I was like, I'm really grateful for what I've got. Yes, I've chosen a slightly different path maybe to other people, hmm. but that's brave and that's courageous. And I've done it slightly differently. So I, I, I weirdly, once I'd got to the 40 bit, I now feel quite proud. Like it sounds, not proud I've made it. Like I'm still here guys. <laughs> but yeah quite proud and quite like proud of my achievements and also like this is a new start it feels like a, I don't know with a decade sometimes it feels like a new clean yeah, yeah. start I suppose yeah, and I think yeah. for me as well I'd had like 
before that I'd lost a couple of friends like I lost a friend who was about to turn 40 last year like he died and um and and it was really sad the last text I ever got from him was was an invitation to his 40th which was right. you know it's horrible so I'm, I'm darkening the tone slightly here no, but um we still celebrated his 40th we felt we should and I lost mm. another friend who was younger in February and we couldn't go to the funeral because of you know, lockdown and stuff. So I, th- I think I felt, I just felt really great. I genuinely felt grateful. I'm, yeah. My health is good, mm. touch wood, and my family are okay. And I, I just, my attitude was a bit like, I, I have nothing to moan about. This is all good. And it felt, as it feels like a nice, clean start. And I definitely will still have a party, I think. Yeah, you um, should do, yeah. Next year, I think. I was, and I think actually once I have a party, even if I do it later, like mm. when, I, well, when I'm 41, I can still pretend I'm 40, which is nice. I think people are going to want to party even harder. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. more people would come than yeah. would have come to the actual party. I think people can be like, I need a big party. So I think, mm. I think, I should, are you going to do anything for yours? Are you going to do anything big? Yeah, you, are you going to, I'm not, I'm not sure I, I want it. That far. I don't know, really. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really a party person, really. I don't know. We'll see what happens, really. My, my wife it... turns 40 before I do. So she's, well, uh, she's 40 next January and I'm not 40 till the following year in May. So we share the same birthday. We've got, say, we've got the same birthday, um, yeah. same day, but a year apart. Yeah. So, um, which I was rubbing because I'm a year younger. So course, well, I'm yeah. not that bothered because you know. a year difference is, you know, you would, <laughs> we're going to die about the same time, Glenn. I'm going to make sure. Right. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, but I do, um, she's categorically said no party. And I'm still like, does that mean you want a party? Is that, uh, I'm yeah. still trying to read between the lines. Is that, but actually a, a, a few, a friend of mine turned 40, um, during lockdown and she had the whole video message thing and a couple of other people I know another yes, guy yeah. I know who turns 50 soon and he's done the video message that a lot, you know his partner's done the video message thing for him that's a really it's, lovely. It, it, it's a really nice idea and actually it's something that you almost don't want to kind of think that that should be a thing that people do now because it's yeah. it as well. yeah yeah and you get it's that and you, it, yeah. and you never get that necessarily in a live party situation you never get that no. chance for people to say things that they're saying on those videos yeah. in real life like in a loud you walk into a loud party and everyone's having a chat and having a good time and everyone's a little bit drunk no one's probably going to say those things to you so actually yeah. it's a really nice i think people, everyone should do that as part of it, 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 yeah. I, I actually made one for one of my friends for his 40th um because i've learned how to edit i <laughs> i volunteered to do it and he was so thrilled with it and people went all out like people mm. some people's like dance routines like <laughs> characters someone dubbed the golden girls and did like a little thing for that and yeah. it was so much fun to edit and it was really love and his parents did a lovely message that made me cry and like it was a, it was it was so and he just loved it he absolutely loved it and that was my mm. present to him i was like right yeah, yeah. Well, i've got no money so you can just have a video yeah, um, yeah. But he like that's such a lovely gift mm. but, but also yeah. i think in life you take people for granted in, in normality so to so at a party again you're not really really thinking about celebrating the person it's really nice to have it at least again like the funeral thing isn't it people realize afterwards why did i not tell this person how i felt yeah. about them so yeah it's a really nice way I think hopefully this situation will make us reframe things a little bit, even if it's just for a little while. I you hope know, and, so, because I feel like yeah. at the moment it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it feels like it's sort of half getting back to normal, mm. but I'm still I'm still a bit too scared to like properly yeah. go out and do yeah. stuff. I'm still feeling a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Um, but I'm it's just sort of half back to normal, but it's not. I don't really know what it is. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I don't really know what it is anymore. It feels yeah. too soon to me as well. So it's just, uh, yeah, and you sort of feel it's going to come. Well, nothing's solved yet, is it? It's just we've sort no. of tried a thing. And yeah, and it's, see, it's, it's quite alarming when you go around town, mm. like, you know, and people are completely ignoring social distancing and no one's really doing it. And you kind of think, what is, you know, you have to look at 
and you think, well, all I can do is just do what I do and keep mm. us out of the way of people and kind of social distance and do those things. But it is weird because a lot of people now are just forgotten about it. It yeah. feels like when you're walking around. It's very strange. Definitely. Definitely. So I went into London. I haven't, because I'm, I'm in Hitchin as well, as you know, but I um, went into London on Friday to see a friend and I the train was fine. The tube was fine. I had my mask and I felt okay. And then as soon as I came out the tube, mm. I well, I went to Brixton, which is where I used to live, um, which is always a full-on great place and that's what I loved about living there it's so vibrant yeah. and fun. but I, I came out and I was like whoa it was really busy and I went me and my friend went somewhere quiet and had a drink and then when I came back it was a bit late it was only like half eight but it felt really but like mm. almost like it was back to normal people again it's like people on their phones not looking up and yeah people have had a bit too much to drink so they're kind of swaying yeah. and I I, I, yeah. I kept my mask on but I did feel quite tense i was like oh yeah. this is weird this if i stay here another couple of hours this would get very rowdy yeah i have to ask actually when you mentioned that you're living in hitchin how have you so you're not from this area at all are you because because i'm a hitchin born and bred how how do you find hitchin? he always says that you, I, I grew up in steve <laughs> you also he with david five minutes down the road and chose to live in hitchin <laughs> and he's born and bred born not that i'm bitter about this born and bred. but do you, do you like hitchin i do love it i mean i was in london for like 15 16 years or something mm. like that I went back to my parents for a bit to have a rent break because I was living in Brixton. The rent was going crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and then my boyfriend lives in Hitchin. So I met him through Lee and Dean and Lee and Dean was filmed around Hitchin Stevenage. Yeah. So um, I spent a lot of time up here when we were filming because it was filmed around here. So I was put up in a hotel um, premiere, premiere in classic. Oh, I love, um, I love, I love a premiere in. Love a love, premiere. I love a premiere in, yeah. Wonderful. Um, and I just I really and I really liked it and I was a bit of a I was probably a bit of a snob because I was like so used to London and and, and it mm. being accessible and everything being quick and blah blah and I suddenly was like oh I was like this is really nice and it was yeah. half an hour to get into London I had a couple yeah. of auditions on my days off and I was like in and out of London really quickly um and I started I just thought it was really lovely and I was considering moving here and then um me and Sam got together after Lee and Dean um and I started saying, here's more, and um, we're moving in together, like in a couple, in a month or so. Um, so this is this is a flat little flat I'm renting, which is lovely. As you can see, it's really nice. nice. Um, actually, that photo, that um, this my sister made me, which is a photo of all my friends and family for that was for my fortieth. Oh, that's lovely. Really, that's really nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, I love it, and I think what I like mm. is that it's really it's like a nice buzzy town. It's enough mm. to keep me busy, yeah. and there's enough going on. But I can go into London if I want to. But I when I went into Brixton on Friday, and it's not just because of the lockdown. I I loved the vibe again, but I felt like I was like it's, it was very overwhelming, and I yes. felt like I maybe it's an age thing. I don't know, but no, I was like need calm now. Yeah, I, th I think yeah. I agree. I agree. I think it's an for me it is an age thing. I think as the older I've got, we, I mean. We've both always said as uh, we've I've always had there's always been a point, especially when I left drama school, where I thought I might move to London and might do that. And then I ended up doing a lot of theatre touring stuff where I'd go away from home all the time. And I never really made that leap into London. And now at the age I am now, especially with kids, but I kind of go, actually, I wouldn't want to live in London now. I definitely like living away from it. You know? Yeah. And there were a lot, a lot of sort of snobbery at the time, actually, from a lot of actors. A lot of actors always say, oh, you live all the way out there. And, you yeah. know, and it's like, like you say, half an hour. Half so an hour, you'd yeah. find, like when I was doing a show in London, I'd be home before a lot of the people who yeah. lived yeah. there. And so, I think London yeah. as well, for me, um, it became quite a lonely place, which is, which is crazy because you're surrounded by people. But I was single for a long time um, in London, and I I lived I lived in a house share, but it was a house share where I you know we didn't all we weren't all like best mates or anything. And um, a lot of my friends already met people or moved in with people and had kids, and I was getting really like I was very busy, and I was very good at keeping busy. 
And I think I was keeping busy to not feel lonely. But if I had a day when I wasn't busy, I was really struggling. I think that's when the depression was bad yeah, because yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm in this city and there's all these people, but I don't feel connected to anyone. And I, yeah. it's a bit sad. Like I'd go, I'd go for a walk on like a free day and I'd see big groups of friends, but they're always much younger. So I think for my age, I was in my thirties and like all my friends sort of moved on. Um, and I started to feel really disconnected and really like, I'd, and I actually weirdly with Hitchin, I was a bit nervous about moving because my I'm here because my boyfriend lives here and also yeah. I like it, but I didn't want to just hang out with his friends. And yeah, yeah. obviously I know some of the guys around here worked on Lee and Dean, so I've got friends there, but um, I did feel a bit nervous, but I have sort of made friends. Like yeah. I started a book club. I've started a little oh, really? book club in oh, Hitchin. Really? Um, again, I put, put something on the Facebook Hitchin group um, saying, does anyone know of a book club? And loads of people mm. like, oh, I'd love to be in a book club. And I, I just started one in a little cafe, that fu um, Fussy and Bear cafe. Oh, Fussy and Bear in yeah. town, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. um, the lady in that said, oh, do you want to use this cafe? And it was cut long story <laughs> short. I started a book club and I've now got mm. this lovely little, and we're doing it online at the moment. And it's such mm. a lovely group of people. Yeah. And because I love reading and it's just like, it's, and sometimes we just chat like about stuff that's not to do with the books, but mm. I feel like I've made more of an effort because I'm in a smaller town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I, there's, there's such a community vibe, isn't there? In Hitchin but well. found, like, with London, if you've ever lived in London, like it's, it's so ridiculous because it's one mm. city, but you'll go to someone, are you free next Friday? And they go, no, I'm free in three months on Friday. Yeah. And then you go, oh, what should we do? And then you realise it take it will take an hour and a half to get to them because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the other side of London. Yeah. And then it will fall through. You'll go somewhere and, and it will be standing room only because everywhere's rammed. And obviously with a hearing problem, you're like, I, well, I can't hear anything now anymore. Yeah. Um, but at least at least around here, you can you can get a table and yeah. chair. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm not standing anymore. Well, yeah, but also yes. it's like I don't know about you for like with castings and stuff. It's quite nice to have that half an hour to go to get yourself into the mindset of and now I'm going to do that mm. thing, and then also to sort of wind down from it. So yes, I do often have a nap on the train, which is lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I like it. I, I I think it's a lovely town, and it's just I just think I especially with lockdown. I think mm. if the lockdown had happened and I was in that Brixton house share, God, it'd be yeah, yeah. The my garden was a park, and obviously like. Yeah. They close some of the parks and stuff, but a lot, a lot for a lot of people, the park is their garden, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just a lot of people for one park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like I've gone off on quite a few tangents, guys. No, Sorry, that's, that's that's what it's about. I was going to ask you mentioned obviously Lee and Dean, and that's a um, you know a huge thing. Was was how, where did, how did that come about? That was crazy. That came about um, through Twitter of all places. Oh, oh right. So Mark O'Sullivan who. Mm is D, the Dean and Lee and Dean. Um, somehow we started following each other on Twitter. I don't know how, like, I think we had someone in common and he saw one of my posts or I saw one of his and we started following each other. And I put a video on there of a trailer for a show. I think, I don't know what video it was he saw, but it was me doing the, the Bridezilla character. And he direct messaged me and just said, hey, are we just, I just saw your video and I'm just working on this like taster tape for Channel 4 for this thing called D&D &D, and we were casting this character and we just wondered if you want to have a chat to us about auditioning. So cut long story short, I had a nice chat with him and he said, oh, do you want to come for an audition? It's very informal. He said, you can improvise the character. We're trying to, you know, we would like people to help create the characters. And I, the audition was very laid back. It was with Miles and Mark who were Lee and Dean. And um, they said, we've got this character called Mrs. Bryce D'Souza. We don't really know what she is yet. And she's going to be a client and she's this and that. And then we just did this really fun audition that I sort of auditioned around it and we sort of played around with it a bit. And it was really fun and laid back. And I wasn't nervous because they're such lovely guys. They're and then so, yeah, yeah. that was it. They just went, oh, we've got to get the sign off from Channel 4. And then I ended up doing the taster tape, which was like a two day shoot. Um, 
really enjoyed it. But also I was quite cynical because I'd had so many, I've done so many like random pilots and stuff that you'll never see on TV that you mm. get excited about and you work in it. Like I've, I've done a few things like that and then nothing ever gets, it's never yeah. seen, you know, you never get, yeah. it never goes on. And again, thought I did it. I thought this is a really great idea. I really like the character, but I just, you know, this might not happen. Yeah. And then I, they just phoned me about six months later and went, we've, we've had a commission. And also because that, I think it was supposed to be a taste to take. Hmm. And they, they're so, the guys are so like passionate about it and they work so hard on a, and they, they were, you know, they, they're not given a lot of money to do a taste of tape. They kind of made a, a first episode, right. which I don't think they were meant to, but they mm-hmm. worked so hard on it. They gave mm-hmm. Channel 4 and they went, there you go. And they went, oh my God, they were like, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of that is the first episode, a lot of that. Right. Um, yeah. So, and then the rest is history. And it's just like, mm. it, again, again, I didn't think about it. I didn't uh, obsess about it. I didn't overanalyze it. I just went on. Yeah. I'm kind of used to these disappointments now. Like, this was really great, mm. but I'm going to forget about it now and park it because I've had all these other disappointments. And mm. yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, it's really, just really, again, that happened, that happened in a kind of natural way. I wasn't, it wasn't through a casting director. It was just, yeah, yeah. I happened to put a video on at the time when Mark was on Twitter. I don't know. And now I'm, now I'm writing with Mark. We're writing a couple of things together. Oh, right which is lovely. So we've got a couple of things in with some production companies, but um, yeah. But they are, they are such lovely guys and there's so, there's such an attention to detail in that series yeah. with all the characters that you, you, you can, I can't, you know, you can completely understand how it, how it worked, how it did so well, how it got another series kind of went on because it's so, it's yeah. so everything. There's so much, you know, they're not just one dimensional characters. There's so much in all those characters. Um, like your character is so, you, you've got this stuck up woman, but you know, especially towards the end, you, she's got a real, with the baby thing it's, it suddenly becomes quite touching and you're I like oh so, I feel it really massively and you suddenly go oh I'm feeling things about this character in herself <laughs> she's actually quite sad and there's a lot more to yeah. that than that's I what that's he, what's really nice about it what was nice with those guys is they let us um they let us talk about the characters and get involved and like mm. say what we were because I, I was very much from the beginning like can can you try not to do a stereo not that I don't think they would have but I think me and Camille who plays Nikki we were like um, I remember going to the pub on the first night when we did the taster tape and Mark and they were both like, look, if you guys have got anything about the characters you're not sure about and, you know, we're, we're still working on it. And we both said, let's, you know, if you're going to do this, just try not to go down the stereotypical female role route of yeah. me being the bitchy one, di- no, like huh. yeah. um, jealous woman mm. hating the younger woman and her yeah. being a bitsy, whatever. So we were like, you know, that's not, that's not realistic. Like, mm. If they, and we just sort of said, you know, they maybe they become friends. Maybe they there are other sides to them. Yeah, and they yeah. totally took that on board. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we were kind of thinking that. And um, that was quite nice because I have had, you know, in this industry as well, you get a lot of auditions or you read scripts that are like naggy girlfriend or yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. at the moment I'm getting mum. <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the, the stages of life. Yeah, yeah. You... Mum, 40s. Um, yeah, I, yes, I've noticed that as well, actually. Yeah, it used to be like quirky, young, and now it is dad. Yeah, and you're like, oh, really? Yeah, and I sort of I've noticed that quite a lot and I'm quite mm-hmm. and that's why I want to kind of write more of my own stuff I just really mm-hmm. love characters that are kind of unexpected or mm-hmm. um have flaws or just just aren't the ter- stereotypical yeah. kind of that's what sets I think that's what sets that sort of comedy series apart from other stuff though is when you have more they, they don't just follow that narrative or that's sort of what that's you expect the stuff we prefer isn't it the, yeah, the, the, the naturalistic subtle real yeah Thing yeah. rather have you than... guys watched um, I May Destroy You yet? No, Don't know if anyone, no, no. anyone, um, anyone what, uh, on this chat has um, seen it, but 
um it's fan it's fantastic and it's I mean, it's a drama but yeah. there's bits of humor but i feel like that to me is like a broken the mold again she's like michaela cole has just written this incredible thing that's right just broken the boundaries and just kind of just it's it's almost it's it's quite uncomfortable to watch it but in some of it's mm. quite shocking but i love that she's done that because it feels like you're watching mm. them and going i love that you're just breaking the not breaking the mold but you're really going for it and you're just going i don't yeah. care i'm just gonna do i'm just gonna tell you what i want and and explore these very uncomfortable issues but i think she's yeah. does it very well. i do recommend it if anyone's not watched it it's very good do, do you do you find with like your because you often do the sort of higher status characters do do you like your characters or you know do you like the person there or is it or because so, they i guess they might start a sort of sending up a uh, uh, you know like you said things you were pissed off about but do you find do you use a lot of you in them or do are they people you like or are they people you there's probably of... not I don't know this much of me in them I suppose right. I, I I suppose I don't know I don't you know what? it's interesting I don't know suppose, as, in some ways they're very not me they're very oh. they're quite confident and they're quite they go oh, they come across as confident oh. um I think some of them like come across quite interesting I think some of them come across as quite cold or unfeeling yeah. I think I have been told by people when they first met me they've sometimes thought that of me but that's a bit of shyness weirdly um I I have to be aware that I sometimes come across like that because I'm quite I can be quite shy and again it's a bit of like I'm holding back not joining in because I'm worried that I'm going to say something wrong but um (laughs) there probably there probably is an element of that I'm quite good at that face um (laughs) which is probably my face um (laughs) but I always like to find with the characters some humanity some poignancy or something that's made them the way they are which sounds yeah, a bit yeah. easy again but there's always something there's always they, they, they might have no friends like my, my bridezilla character um with the, the wedding show i did by the end of it she completely melts down and there's like a, right. a couple of minutes where she there's no comedy in the script there's like a bit where i just break down and go i don't know what i'm doing this wedding because the got the idea is that the um fiance it's a wedding rehearsal the show right. and the fiance hasn't come to the wedding rehearsal so she's trying it out with an audience like really mm. patronizing them and at the end of it she's kind of like everything basically lots of things go wrong and they're planted to go wrong and then she has a breakdown and goes i don't know what i'm doing i don't even know if i like him i, don't, I think i'm just doing it to have a wedding and mm. and actually it's not very nice and then she has a bit of a meltdown the audience are like oh my god like mm. she's quite sad and she hasn't got any friends like no one's come said they'll come to the hen night and then the way I did the show, like the, the fiance character would burst in at the end. So I'd get a cameo right. of a comedian mm-hmm. and they'd come onto the stage and I'd act like it was all normal. They go, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, okay, let's just start from the beginning. And then when they had their back to me to walk up the aisle, I'd look at the audience and go like that. And every time, because it was an interactive show and the audience knew the story, they'd go leave, they'd go leave him, they'd shout, <sighs> boo. Yeah. And I didn't have to do a thing. It was incredible. I'd just go mm-hmm. like that and they'd go, no, no, leave. They'd, be so into it and I'd, I'd walk the end of the show is I'd storm out right no I think Sunday. that was the first year I did it the second year I did it I'd I'd jilt the fiance right. and <laughs> they would go so I um I had a couple of comedians do the um cameo and then mm. at, in Edinburgh um the second year I did it when I did it in a massive venue because it had taken off I got um Marcus Brigstock did it <laughs> he was incredible and the the funniest one I had was Al Murray um <laughs> he did it and I, I asked him to do it. I don't really know him. Hmm. I just hmm. met him and I went, do you want to be in my show? He's like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and um, I just, it, it was an improvised part. And I said, look, there's gonna, I'm at the end, I'm gonna have a breakdown, blah, blah, blah. And then you're gonna walk in and go onto the stage, have a bit of banter with me, be rude to me, hmm. then turn your back on me. I'm gonna jilt you. And he was brilliant. But when he walked on, it was hilarious because people, he walked on and I was like, oh my God, Simon's here, my fiance. And people were like, it's Al Murray, guys, yeah. Murray. <laughs> People started filming him. 
Right, and he really. was amazing. And then I jilted him and he um, stormed off and um, people were booing him because in the character, so I've gone off and won a bit, but I'm... Um... Amazing, not at all. But that's, that's so good though, because it's that you've taken them on that journey. That's the best yeah, yeah. type of comedy where you've been taken on a journey that isn't all just funny, 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 but there's a bit of sadness in there where, and they've committed uh, yeah. to that. It's and crazy. even with those short videos, like the minute, the, those sort of one minute ones, you get yeah. that sense already that is mm. this person really happy? The line that really got me because I watched them again today was the, because uh, I haven't cried since 1995. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was brilliant. Very funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's great. And, uh, yeah. I, I, but I tell you, like everything you've been saying, it's very, I mean, it's very sort of um, energizing, but I love that mm. all of the, it's, all of the things where you're more relaxed or you're not really overthinking it or you're not really considering it as a serious thing. I think that's when everyone sort of does their best work. It's yeah. a, a, and it, yeah, it, show, it shows obviously because in the stuff you've been doing, all the stuff that I'd recommend. Know. There's a book I'd like to recommend to people um, mm. if they if they if they do creative stuff and you guys as well, um, called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, I'll put it. I'll actually write this in the chat bit. Um, yeah, cool. I've just written it down as well. <laughs> and it's um, so Elizabeth Elizabeth Gilbert is the author that wrote um, Eat Love Pray. Right. Um, if you know that. Yeah. And she basically it's a book about is it the, the tagline is cre creative living living a creative life with without fear hmm. and it's a book that's all about being an artist in whatever way that is and that's whether you are acting or writing or you you want to paint stuff or hmm. or, or paint stuff and not show anyone or just hmm. just being creative doesn't mean like making a career out of it it's just choosing to be creative yeah. um and it's the most incredible book i've read it twice i bought it for mark and my writing partner he loves it and every time i feel a bit worried and nervous about what i do i go back to it and mm. she has some fun and exactly what you were saying she talks about um the least effort thing and, and ideas mm. coming to you and and how you will work for hours and days and weeks or something and it just doesn't work and then the tiniest idea works and yeah. um she also describes she describes living a creative life as if you're driving a car and um creativity she describes it as creativity is a passenger but also fear is a passenger and that you always have to accept that fear will always be in the car. Mm. So she does this amazing chapter where she says, so imagine you're on a car journey, don't let fear sit in the passenger seat and tell you what to do mm. and make sure creativity is sitting in the front and guiding you. And let, she said, let fear be there. Cause she's a bit like, accept that you're going to have fear mm. and cause you're going to be vulnerable if you put your work out there. Mm. So don't tell fear to leave the car. This, I'm sounding a bit mad here. No, she's like, don't let fear leave the car. Let yeah. them be in the back seat, but just say to them, if they start piping up going, you're rubbish or no one's going to like this, just say, thanks for your opinion, but you're not driving. So just mm. sit in the back seat. Mm. And it's just, it's little things like that that I yeah. always go back to. Yeah. When I'm nervous about doing a creative thing and I go, I just go back to her book or I imagine that and go, okay, it's okay to have me scared. That's, yeah, that's, yeah that's part of what you do it's not yeah. going to go yeah exactly yeah. and I, th I think however long your career is whatever you're doing that will always be there and if it isn't there then you wouldn't be sort of energizing the right bits of you to do something yeah. crazy I anyway. think when people like even if, I've seen some big acts pace back and forth if they go on like Paul O'Grady is one of the mm. funniest people I've ever met He's and great, before yeah. he did the show that live show on channel four I'd often be backstage preparing stuff and he would he'd walk up and down a bit and he'd chat Hmm. And I always felt like the chat was just he needed to chat. Like he yeah, just yeah. chatted to whoever was standing next to him yeah. and he'd go back and forth. And I don't know whether what whether that was nerves or what it was, but he wasn't just stood there being confident. He was going back and forth, back and forth. Like, yeah. And I think anyone gets like that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe unless they're a sociopath, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. That's what I mean about, yeah, the, even the imposter syndrome thing. It's to have, 
I, I mean, because I'm a big, as I say, Beatles fan, big Paul McCartney fan. And there are two things. One, there's a lyric in one of his recent songs, and, and it's, uh, everybody's busy doing better than me. And he's talking about how, you know, when he's there trying to do his thing and he's looking at everyone else and they're more successful. This is fucking Paul McCartney, for fuck's sake, in mm. the biggest band ever. And mm. he's thinking that and, and at this stage of his life. And also uh, the fact that the song Yesterday, which is the most covered song of all time, he dreamt it. He woke up with it in his head, thought somebody else had written it, worked it out on a piano and played it. So again, it's those sort of, yeah, I know I'm going from a tangent, but the sort of, um, you know, yeah. the, the, the most everyone's feeling that thing everyone's feel, and if like you say if you're a sociopath that sort of level of arrogance will get you through but you lose people trump, in the way. maybe not, trump is someone yeah, who yeah. doesn't have fear i don't oh, know i'm just yeah i can't imagine him having the fear i can't imagine him going no. don't say that no, a, ma- a man who no starts editing. like saying stuff about like you know drinking bleach and stuff and like sort of yeah. you know think oh god but it's also because no. i read a book about him recently and it said for him it's not about having the best idea it's about having it first so having the first idea and being right mm-hmm. for him, yeah. that's intelligence, that's, that's cleverness, yeah. and that's because in this he's book, not a human um, being. The Elizabeth Gilbert book, um, she talks about that, uh, she talks about a muse, but in her idea, a muse is like what you said, like an idea coming to you. Mm-hmm. And she, um, there's a really good, I'm not going to give it, do it justice, you have to get the book, <laughs> but she talks about an idea she had for a book that she sort of half dreamt, and it was a very specific fiction book that was set in the Amazon in the 70s about a woman who just got divorced. Or it's quite a specific story. And she sort of, and I think she sort of drew, half dreamt it and then read an article and was like, oh, that's an amazing story. What a great beginning. She started writing it, got a bit stuck. And then her agent, she spoke to her agent about something and then another book offer came through, a non-fiction, and she just went off on that. Right. And then about a few months later, she went to a book talk thing with some other authors and met an author that she'd always loved. And they went for coffee, hit it off. And she said, I've always loved your work. And she said, are you working on anything now? And this woman said, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a new book. Um, it's about a woman in the Amazon rainforest in the 70s. And she basically, what it was almost like bullet point word for word what right. Elizabeth started. Yeah. And she started it just as Elizabeth stopped. So Elizabeth had this amazing sort of revelation that she was like she feels like an idea doesn't belong to you yeah. and that it like goes she felt like she'd been given the idea but she couldn't do it justice so it put it gone through the universe and being given to this other author yeah. and i love this idea mm. that maybe an idea just comes to you and you either take it or you go no you can you can have yeah. it well, sounds a bit weird but i no, kind of love that and, and that makes sense with like you're saying about you know the middle of the night ideas because it's when your brain isn't quite over intellectualizing it's, it's just sort of there reading it and that's when yeah i i sort of that too many things happen like that for there not to even even I don't know it's a nice it's a nice thought to have but it's definitely about freeing up. So good at playing and stuff because they don't mm. have a yeah, yeah. filter. They don't have um. They don't care what anyone thinks. There's no. There's nothing there. The ego isn't no. there. So like I love yes. playing with my niece and nephew because they come up with like amazing ideas mm. and, and games. They just don't because they don't have that thing of like oh will anyone like it? Will anyone? Yeah, will? exactly. And yeah. I just think yeah. that sense of play is like what yes. we should we'll be doing. Yeah, and that's yeah. we're all in a job where you yeah. where you want to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's about yeah. and again, you, again, another Paul McCartney story. He said when somebody asked him recently about you know why do you still work, he says no, you play music, you play it. And I thought that was a really nice again yeah. guy in his seventies still feeling that way. That's really I've really got inspiring. A good, before we go, Paul McCartney anecdote for you that you <laughs> might enjoy. Um, so I was when I was like twenty two or something. I was I working at Nickelodeon in Soho. I used to right. that was my first little TV job as a and I was 22 and I was stood outside having a cigarette because I used to smoke then, crazy times, <laughs> with my friends. And we were stood there having a cigarette and this guy was walking towards me and I looked up and went automatically, like just 
I think my head very quickly went, oh, you know him, it's your dad's friend. Uh, I went, hey, I was like, hi. I was like, oh, are you all right? He just sort of stopped. Went, yeah, I'm, I'm good. How are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm not bad. Yeah, nice to see you. He was like, yeah, great to see you too, and walked off. And I just stood there with my cigarette going, my friend was like, do you know Paul McCartney? <laughs> Brilliant. And I genuinely, like, he's so recognisable yeah. as a person. And I genuinely, like, my, my parents also, because they, they grew up in Liverpool, they both saw the Beatles separately right. when they were in the cabin. Right, but really what right. I think my dad saw them as a support band, which I love. <laughs> well, cool. yeah. Like yeah. I saw the Beatles. Um, they were a support band. I don't. I thought they were okay. Yeah. Like I thought the band <laughs> better that they were supporting. Um, but I saw him, and my brain went, "You, you know, you've got to say hello because you know this guy." And I, he walked past, and I was like, "I." My yeah. friend was like, "Do you know him?" I was like, "No." Well, that's the way to meet them as well, isn't it? Because there's like, there's no pre-thought about what am I going to say to this person who's hugely famous. You just um, went straight in, straight in it there. It felt like he, he gets that a lot, I reckon. Well, he yeah. did, I think he probably does, yeah. But I've, I've met him twice, and both in Soho, actually, because that's where his offices are. Uh, and again, this thing about, mag about magic, because I'm a big Beatles fan, so that was what made me learn the guitar, get into music. And my dad took me, when my parents were getting divorced, as like a sort of, um, I don't know, a, a compromise for them getting divorced took me to Liverpool to do like the whole sort of tour and stuff and um and we went on the you know the magical mystery tour thing and for me I was so excited because I'd always wanted to go there and it was like you know because I I just weirdly as a child was into this thing you know the, from what was felt like olden times at that time and we we did the magical mystery tour thing and they went towards the Liverpool Empire and I remember the guy saying well the Beatles played there 10 times you know and all this sort of thing when I was 22 uh, my second job I played Paul McCartney um, in a show and we went and we played the Liverpool Empire. And again, it's like, you know, it was like that was all for me because I rem specifically remember being there with my dad, you know, being so excited going to see this thing that was like a dream. And there I was a few years later, to, you know, playing uh, playing him. And that's just, yeah, you go, how, and also because I'm a big Buddy Holly fan and I played him in a show as well. So it's like things that I specifically grew up really into and interested in. I ended up doing that, being them in a thing that, that you can't write that, you can't plan that. Yeah. That's just something where the universe goes, this is the way this will go, you know, and, and the more you tune into that, I think, and enjoy, because when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling depressed or about work and like you say, and thinking, oh, I'm not doing anything I want to do. Every so often I have a conversation and that will come up and I go, oh yeah, no, I did that. That's a really cool thing, <laughs> you know, and it, I may not have any money and I may not, you know, be a proper adult or whatever it might be, but yeah, I go, that's a really cool thing. And the fact that my dad took me there and then he came to see the show in Liverpool as well, it's just it's mad, you know, and because he passed away last year as well. It's these sort of things that go you know i don't know yeah it's just a special thing and i think it's just yeah it's mm. yeah. yeah so i do yeah, i definitely believe in that sort of universe thing giving you and it, all of your examples of what yeah. you've been saying today they're all like you know you couldn't plan that yeah they're, plan, they're that not, they weren't i didn't try too hard when i tried no. too hard mm. emailing agents and yeah not that i was I, you know that does work for some people but um as soon as i let go of that and kind of left it to the universe it kind of mm. Kind yeah, of yeah. Worked, weirdly. You're right. It's, def it's definitely inspired me. I think that the pre there's a pressure to life, and I've, and I've mm. definitely I felt it more having children since I've had children, and my oldest is now seven. But everything becomes about the need to 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 sort of do things to earn money to kind of survive, and then and then that kind of creative thing has I think it sort of left my brain a bit, and mm. I think and it's interesting actually you're talking about characters and stuff, and and I think I'm I'm. I feel like I need to go back and look at things I've written down and notes I've made about characters because I think my mm. my dream would be to have a character that I created that I could then do 
as a thing but i've always held myself back from that by going no uh, no i don't think it's good enough i won't i won't write that or i won't but then I, I, I think Lynn, if, if my sort of because obviously we know each other so well, we're so close i think mm. you sometimes disregard because you're thinking about the thing you should do you don't realize yeah. that you've been doing a lot of that That's stuff it, anyway it? Yeah, and, and it, even yeah. like like mostly comedy was another one of those things that we never planned to run a comedy club and it was just literally crossing a road in Edinburgh going, oh, yeah. we could do that. And then it became... Cut to meeting most... uh, Paul Daniels at Mostly Comedy. Yeah, exactly. But like, again, <laughs> someone I grew up watching. And, and yeah, you yeah. get people... You, they should never have played our club. And while no. it's not what we want to do, really, it's sort of an accidental thing. Even stuff like this, you know, in, in yeah. interviewing people and Rory Bremner and stuff, you sort of go... And people... And when this whole COVID thing happened and we set up the just giving thing there were like 74 75 messages like your song he said fell enough green yeah, 74, 75. 75, yeah. um you know saying oh we really hope how much people love it and you go well that we've spent the whole time going oh we're doing that thing and it's stressful and we, you know we'd rather be doing writing our sitcom and stuff yeah. and yet there's this thing that we do along the side that we would both disregard like you were talking we were talking today about like possibly like running a theater and i was like well don't forget you do run a really successful regular event yeah you know it, so it's yeah. it's yeah, I, that, so... Give yourself a, a pep talk, that's the thing, isn't that's it? That's it, or giving each other a pep talk, isn't it? Pep talk, yeah. Yeah, I, think it's like, I think when you achieve something or you think, I want this, I think it's, a, it's like a, a life thing, isn't it? You go, oh, yeah. this is what I want, I want to do this. And once you've done it, you it's like you go, okay, well, what next? What It's like a, it's a natural human thing, I think. Yeah. But I know um, my friend was telling me a couple, a couple of actor, comedian friends I know had, had suddenly done very well and like really broken through which obviously like you know people do at different stages or they as in really like um big tv stuff and blah blah and they were suddenly my friend said that she said a couple of them had said to her well i really you know why why aren't i getting um uh, why why can't i get an la agent or why can't i get a film part (laughs) in la and you're like how have you jumped from (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah. like like i but i can see how you could because you've probably gone i want this oh i've done that i've done that and suddenly at a point where you're like it, it wouldn't be far off the radar for maybe that person to go, I should be auditioning for Hollywood films. And then they're yeah. like, well, why aren't I getting Hollywood films? They're yeah. agent. And I yeah. totally get that, but it doesn't mean anything you did before that wasn't no, relevant. you like, lose perspective, don't you? Yeah. I feel like for a long time, and I corrected people quite a lot, especially relatives sometimes, um, or other people like friends of friends or school friends would go, Oh, like, oh, um, it's like you're, you're, like you're, you're doing so well. It's great. You're going to make it one day. You know, that kind of, you want to oh, make it. Yeah. Yeah. And I always have to go, but, I'm doing what I love. Yeah, yeah, it's not all the time. And I'm not famous and I'm not um, in LA or whatever you think of famous. And I'm not like, I haven't got my own show or whatever. But so I feel like I, when you say made it, I feel like I have. But to them, it's like, oh, well, to be to, to have made it, you need to be really famous. But obviously, yeah. the percentage yeah. of people who actually, especially actors, the amount of actors that are and like how many of us are working and how many are actually. Yeah. 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 very well known yeah. that's very unusual so exactly. it's like a bit, but people still feel like they need to say you haven't quite done it yet but you will yeah. what my yeah. mum said to yeah, me right. is my mum said to me well when you're successful and you're like oh, so I'm not well I'm not I'm not oh I'm not no. successful in any yeah. yeah and it's such a it's a weird it's a weird thing that isn't it yeah and, and and people assume they know what you're you're out for and maybe you're just I maybe you're enjoying like I say this thing for example yeah is the most proactive Glyn and I together because we because suddenly we're forced in a situation we've had more sort of linked time when we can do this mm. this is a, an accidental thing that's a really really valuable thing for us yeah. really enjoyable you don't get any money from it but you're not doing it for that reason you're just doing it as a chance to have a chat with people that you know videos like um yeah yeah i put a little do- i did i think one of the second or third i put a little donation page this like 
um, the coffee, coffee thing? Yeah, coffee. yeah you can buy someone cool. a coffee. Mm. And I, I felt awful yes. doing it. I just, <laughs> well, I said, if anyone wants to buy me a coffee to support me, you can go on this Kofi thing and think. Yeah. And I, I hate, I hated putting that. I felt really <laughs> weird. And, but it was lovely because then people did buy me coffees. That's and that's how I could go out and buy a coffee. But it, I got some donations and it was so lovely. Like every time I got a little, like someone's bought you a coffee <laughs> and they put a comment going, well, that made me laugh. I hope you get a latte or whatever. And that's so good. So nice. Yeah, I, so saw, nice. I saw that today. Actually, I will promote that now. That's ko fi coffee.com forward slash Anna Morris. So go check that out and you can give <laughs> buy her a coffee. Her a coffee. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. we just had a comment in the chat room, Pete Hain. Great to hear how the synchronicity of life works. And that's yes. true, isn't it? That yeah, is I, I do think it does when you mm. stop trying so hard or stop when you just listen mm. and you let things happen. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've had some weird, definitely had some moments in my life of like, a coincidence or like people being connected hmm. like a very quick before i go like very quick i'll try and make this short no no uh, this is a brilliant Sorry. synchronicity story um that i did a yoga retreat in tuscany about three years ago and um, with went on my own met all these women that were on their own met this lovely australian girl who i got on really well with um a year later i went to i got an offer at the melbourne comedy festival so i went over to melbourne and i decided when I was there to meet up with an old friend of mine who I met traveling 10 years previously. So 10 years previously, I'd gone to Melbourne, gone traveling, met this girl in a hostel. She lives in Melbourne, fine. She's English. She'd moved to Melbourne with her girlfriend. So I stayed with her. This is very, I'm trying to make this as, as simple as I can. Stayed with my friend Joni in her flat with her partner. And then this girl from the Tuscany yoga retreat who I hadn't seen for a year, I'd met once for a week, um, I said, look, I'm in Melbourne, love to catch up with you. She said, yeah, let's go, let's go for dinner. I'll pick you up. It's like, great. She said, I'll pick you up. What's your address? So I said, oh, um, it's a block of flats. So just park on this road in this place. So she, I was running a bit late. She pulls up, she texts me going, I'm here. Um, are you ready? I was like, oh, sorry, I'm running a bit late. She said, I'll come into the building. So I said, it's this building. Um, go up the stairs, I'll open the door. So I heard her coming upstairs and she I could hear her going, Anna, Anna. And I was like, what? So I opened the door, she went, my cousin lives here. I was like, what? Uh -huh. She went, she walked into the room and my friend's girlfriend, who's Australian, came out of the bedroom and they both went, what are you, why are you here? <laughs> and it turns out they're cousins, they're first cousins. Mad. Whoa, absolutely. And mad. me and my friend Joni, who we met travelling 10 years ago, were going, mm. what, what? And they were like, what, yeah. what are the chances yeah. that... Their cousins, they'd seen each other a month before or whatever, mm. and they were like, oh, how's auntie, blah, blah, blah. And I was just going, <laughs> yeah, And it just felt really, like, really, Deepak Chopra Ruiz, really, yeah. yeah. I that's, have, that's there's it. a piece that he's written that's, um, I have in my, my, my shelf. I've got a shelf <laughs> of, like, self-help and spirituality books. Okay. Um, some have helped, some haven't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of just there to make me feel better. But, yeah. um... Yeah, I love those little stories. It yeah, feels great. like that was a weird, like little. Yeah. It just gives yeah, you a little bit of energy, doesn't it? It gives you that night. Yeah. It's just, a, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's reframing again. I think it's the little things that make yeah. it. Oh, that's a yeah. Thing. yeah, and and yeah, and again, I, funny enough, because I, I meditate a lot, and that's a really useful thing for. I do that before shows, and that's about sort of connecting with, I don't know, relaxing yourself, so you're so you're prepared to be open to what's happening around you i do than... a lot of yoga and i do right. meditate at the end of the yoga but meditation i i try i've done some apps and they've been okay but i'm i yeah. st i need to, i do need i keep saying myself, i need to get back into that because my brain yeah. is very busy and yeah. I, it's not very good at slowing down but when i have done it it's been amazing but 
I need yeah. to, yeah, that's a good idea. I need to get into the habit of and that. And the trick is remembering that it's okay if your brain's busy because your brain's going to do that. So just don't, yeah. you know, and as long as you're aware of that. But yeah, it's a, it is a good thing. And Headspace is the one that everyone uses, as I think. Really yeah, that's what I need to look at that one, actually. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and Calm's a good one. I've got Calm. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. That's a really good one, um, but I just need to use it more. And then yeah. um, exercise for me is just the best thing. Yes, me. I started running in during lockdown, and that was a weird, weird thing that I've never done before in my I'm life. Just- are you doing the couch to 5k thing? yes that's exactly what i did and actually uh-huh. weirdly i started before we were in lockdown just because um i was supposed to be going on a theater tour and i was supposed to be getting on stage and actually doing a, an acting job for the first time in a while fitness wise i thought oh, God, this is quite a fast-paced comedy play thing i was doing and i was mm-hmm. like, i'm gonna have to be fit to run backs and forwards and do that so i need to do some exercise so i did yeah started the five, 5k's couch to 5k and did it all the way to the end yeah. S- sadly the last few weeks i've kind of let myself down a lot but i did oh, buy, I did exactly did buy a bike and i have bought a bike and gone down the cycle route again which i used to do so i've kind of gone that way i got 5k a week ago week nine Mm. and i was really smug i felt awful the next day i did 5k (laughs) and i the next day felt apparently it's a runner's hangover apparently yeah yeah thick and shaky um then i got really smug and i was like i'm an athlete now i'm basically yeah yeah Yeah. i'm I'm this exact this weekend I've, i've i've seen a few friends and i've drunk wine and eaten a lot of cheese and yeah I need to do I tomorrow I need to run again but I I really enjoyed it in the beginning I could barely breathe yeah. and I was like I can't do this and then suddenly I was there, there was I was running along with Joe Wiley's voice yeah Joe head. I was gonna say who did you have because I went for um the the guy oh god what's his name he got a really serious voice and everything's like come on you're doing really well <laughs> he talks like that and it's, and it's quite it's quite intense but it's quite funny at the same time <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, yeah I really I really enjoyed that yeah I, it was I, good I must do it more it's quite I, it, I needed that though like, I, can't, I don't think I could do it without someone telling me though because I've, I've gone back yeah. a few times and done I actually had to go back to week six about three weeks later because I was like God, I need to go back a bit because I'm not yeah. this is great and then I was like no I have to have this I don't think I could run without someone telling me the, yeah. what I'm doing and no, how I'm mean, then you just think because you're not telling yourself in your head you're like well yeah. I'll just stop now yeah like, uh, I need that person telling me you've only got five minutes left come on keep going that's almost you know? a bit like doing this podcast I think if we didn't have people watching yeah. even if even though we don't see them we get the messages it gives you that with yeah. them there it gives you Something the energy to, to go let's yeah. do this properly rather yeah. than for the one I mean, from... I run next to you and shout if that helps we live that in would actually, yeah that actually if we did help. that next time yeah that would <laughs> I'm yeah. in character as yeah. Georgina just yeah, yeah. don't stop come on <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 like immediately you're like I'm I'm doing this yeah yeah that's what I'm I mean. really to really push you I could I could charge for this it could be like a boot camp thing yeah, you need to record your own your own version of the couch 5k where you do the you know you are yeah. that voice you're that genuinely voice. giving me ideas for a video now good good excellent and um, I could film myself running and then I could record the voiceover of me um doing a really aggressive yeah yeah <laughs> aggressive um Motivational Pete Haynes just said, "Let's set up a running club." Not so sure about that one, Pete. Um, um, I might, I might. Yeah, say... we could. We could. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like hitching, running, I like so... have a running club where everyone's not good at running because running. I've done running before with friends, yeah. and it's always been like I've just been left behind. So yeah, if, if it, as long as everyone's the same level as me, I don't mind. I think every. I think some people can be traumatized from PE lessons. So when I was yeah, a oh kid, God. I used oh, to yes. run and do athletics. Um, I kids used to take the Mickey at me and say that I ran with my legs sticking out. And so I, in my head, have always convinced myself that I can never run because my legs will stick out and people will laugh at me. Right. So I've got to the age of 40 and suddenly gone, if my legs stick out, that's fine. fine." So I started doing the couch to 5K. And as I was running, I genuinely was like, well, people are just people in the park. It's going to laugh. They're going to be like, my legs are sticking out. Um, 
and even when I went to get um, proper like running trainers mm. um, in, and I, they, they measure you, they check your gait and they watch you run. And I was really nervous. I was like, what, what if the guy says that I, my legs stick out and yeah. <laughs> I have to have various trainers. And then he mm. went, um, after he's like, yeah, you've got a good, your feet land fine and blah, blah. And I was like, do my legs stick out? He was like, no. So I feel like all my you life, just, yeah, I've wasted that. the time this because you yeah. could have been a, the one, the thing for me, I've been doing exercise wise because again, be like musician, I bought and this again sounds, probably sounds like the things you were sending up in the video, but um, I bought an electric drum kit because it's one thing I, I play different instruments, but I've never really sort of worked on the drums. And that again is really good for not thinking too much because if you've been in your sort of thinking brain for too long, just to go and play and just sort of get into the rhythm of thing, you sort of, yeah, it's sort of free. So that's my exercise. I might not be running, but but it's just doing those things, isn't it, that make you feel a bit better <laughs> for a yeah. moment, but doing yeah. different I things. Found my I found a key when I was at my parents. I found a really old keyboard, a 1990 Yamaha, right. and I bought it back to the flat. And I stopped. I, I did piano lessons till I was about 12, and then I became a teenager and went, "I'm not doing piano." I did that. That was me. I did that. Yeah. And then you regret it and go, "Wish I had." So yeah. I've now got this like awful Yamaha keyboard, and I'm doing the that. Um, oh God, I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. Though. The piano app thing. Oh. It'll come to me. Yeah. Tune it. No, I can't remember what it's called. I know anything you mean, but I can't remember. Does it have um, House of the Rising Sun as a keyboard demo on it? <laughs> or Venus. That's the I remember. One. I remember it had all the ones yes, I had. Like House of the Rising Sun or Venus. Yeah, a, yeah. I wish I had it with me. I'll do, yeah. do a demo. Um, but I've been doing that and learning again, and it's really fun. I mean, yeah. my neighbour must hate me because it's. it's like all, I was playing Jingle Bells the other day, Excellent. and I think she must hate me because it's very loud. <laughs> But no, it's great. Do that. Yeah. yeah. You never, and obviously none of us are old, but you never get too old to do a new thing or to try. A new, you know, the minute you think, well, I'm full now, that's everything I do. That's when it gets, you know, you don't have the, yeah. the excitement goes. So I think it's great to do that. Um, yeah. we, prob we probably should uh, draw this to yeah. a close, but it's been a lovely Thank chat. You, I feel like I've waffled a lot, but I've no, really enjoyed it. No, it's, it's been a lovely chat. No, it's, it's been, been really it's been lovely, and uh, come and do it again, and also come back yeah. to well. Now you're down the road. Come back to yes. mostly comedy when we're back and running. I again. hope you, I'd love to. Yeah, it'd be lovely when we can do gigs again, and yeah. I can come and do um, an aggressive running coach, which That'd I be think good. Yes, please, which please we both do. need. So yeah. that'd be a good. With thing. us as little yeah. kind of credits for giving you the idea, so you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely get a cut. Yeah. 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 It's like Definitely. when Lee and Herring came up with the um, Alan Partridge character in the day in the day today. I think they're still quite bitter that they weren't credited. So we do need the credit. Yeah, we'll and, be, well, not just yeah. the credit, the money. The money would be. Yeah, that's more important. That's, really, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah, from the <laughs> the aggressive app, that I the online app. I could make we could make yeah. an app. Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. And uh, Pete again says thanks, Anna. Great fun. Um, but, oh, yeah, thank thanks you. For well, thank you for listening to me waffle. I hope. I hope it's been interesting. And it really has. I don't feel like yeah. I've anymore. I feel like I've had a nice chat. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what that's that's what this should be really. And and again, yeah. like I say, it's so lovely that um the the things that you've done, the way it's worked out, and that it was by sort yeah those little moments just happened because they happened. I think that's great. And yeah. um yeah, maybe maybe you don't need to have the imposter syndrome you feel you have because you you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, the thing. And it's very inspiring. Very yeah, inspiring. Good. Cool. Yeah, lovely. Well, take care, Anna. We'll see you again soon. And there we have it. That was the brilliant Anna Morris. Yeah, we said lovely at the beginning. We've we've upgraded it to brilliant now. So brilliant, uh, exactly. Now, now we've talked, spoken to her. We yeah, can, we can we've officially decided. say she's brilliant. She's yeah. brilliant, and it's not a word I say often because it's a word that I struggle to say because I do have a weak R sometimes. You do, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when, as I said you, it, I hesitated. If you ever come to mostly comedy and I'm saying the name, introducing the act, it is probably either because it has an R in it, or, <laughs> yeah. or Glenn's not sure about the pronunciation of it. So yeah. Rory, Rory Bremner, there's a there's a there's a struggle there because you've got Rory, and then you've got Bremner. 
It's, on, it's my bad. Say it, Glenn. It's, say it. It's the, it's the trouble with, and I had this all through drama Stop prevaricating. There. Say it. <laughs> what? Rory, Rory Bremner. Oh, God, yes. don't make me say that. <laughs> I'm really not. It's, that, it's too late at night for me yeah. to even consider the R, R sound. Just, just, R sound. Just, say, just say an R in isolation now, and I'll dub it in over them. R. There you go. You're fine. <laughs> It's a bit, but it's bit really, farmery, but it's um, oh, I know, I, I now I don't know what an owl sounds like anymore. I forgot. <laughs> uh, it's really yeah. weird, isn't it? But it's a, it's a sound in a, 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 a what's it called? A, a set of sound, a, a word, a letter that I always struggled with. <laughs> God, it's that. It's so some late. Sort of mental breakdown. <laughs> now, so, yeah. But I always, had, always yeah. had to work really hard at when it comes to shows and things like that. I always have to do a lot of warm ups to get the R. And I think um, the less I've done live stuff particularly the last few months we haven't done and i've done anything you've where I've had barely to, said r I've at all ba- in, exactly i've just avoided the the letter r altogether you've just been doing vowel yeah. sounds yeah yeah you know my kids have got no r's in their names purposely you know so it's, was know. that was that really an intentional thing um no it should be no, i've just i actually just thought it just now but it should have been shouldn't it? i'm just trying to think if they have anywhere else actually yeah well, there's a there's a peter in there which has got an r sound in it but it's not a robert or a no. richard or a you know <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> move away move on moving you, on yeah you just need to find a reason to, to sort of press your top lip as you're saying it just put your it. finger on it yeah and just did my uh, yeah well yeah. funny enough it's a bit like i think we said something about this in the interview the things you're sort of paranoid about that you know yeah. that probably yeah but I, I don't know what mine is like that I, I um i used to have a real problem saying the word croissant did you <laughs> in, croissant. in that i overthink how it's supposed to be said and as a result yeah. and it's again it's the r i panic so uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't even want to say it again. But do you know, th- for me, that word is a bit like, um, it, it's like a similar pastry-based thing. It's like a pan au chocolat. It's like, do you, do you <laughs> like know the rhythm I'm to like, that one? Oh, what the what the ha? But it, it's but almost it's like, racist. I, I'm not confident saying that out loud in public if I ever have to ask one because you go, how French do I have to sound to make yeah, yeah. this sound right? You know, can yeah, I say yeah. I want a pain au chocolat or what? You know, it's like yeah. I can't well, that, say that because yeah. no. I mean, but yeah, but you kind of go in a really authentic French. Accent. Yeah, I have to like really French it up to make it sound like something that's you know like <laughs> a pan. I want a pan au chocolat. I can't even do it with a French accent, but it's a weird. It's a it's one of those I lose confidence a bit, and I I find yeah. that with croissant as well because I lose confidence in, yes, in croissant. croissant i want a croissant yeah know. yeah and french it up means something else actually but yeah um, true <laughs> <laughs> but i like the idea of when you have to when you have to ask for one you know yeah, those occasions when, when have you to. have to yeah. ask for a pan of chocolate yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got, got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. those occasions well someone's got to ask for it i don't yeah. know There's... <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, why is it always the things you like as well it's more annoying if it's the thing that you do want Oh, so but I can't have that because I can't thing. ask for it. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> chocolate-filled pastry. You have to just kind of end up kind of f- like stumbling over it because I've kind of lost confidence in it. That's I don't know what, why we're even talking about this. Um, lo- yeah, lo- lovely chat. Very, Really inspiring, as, as you mm. said before. And, yeah. um, you know, I, when someone is nice and good things have happened to them it i don't know it gives you a bit of positivity doesn't it he goes there's, it does. there's it something bit, right in the world when someone, and a bit of yeah. hope as well because i think you know yeah. that we always we talked about what you always kind of think of as your what you've achieved and what you haven't achieved and all those sort of things but mm. it it does give you a, a hope that there's other things out there and things yeah. can happen and you know that's why i say it was in, it was an inspiring chat but, yeah and there's um, a, and there's a lot to be said for the things that happen when you're not trying, and and, yeah. and it, I yes, mean even that. like with, with I mean like we said, it, mostly comedy is a case in point because it was never yeah. some you know if you if we tried to set up something like that it would never have had that sort of I mean obviously yeah. we did try because yeah it we tried a little bit we tried. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean like sort yeah, of yeah you're just, right it just you know you would never have. 
been able to plan it the way it worked no. and to have people like Harry Hill or whatever it might be it's crazy but yeah. um but it, and also like like we said with material some of the some of our sort of mainstays and like the the mm. Star Trek porn letter being a case in point that was that was the set that was the set uh yeah the second ever mostly comedy we did that yeah. and the material yeah. never needed to change from that point and it was just those little moments where an idea comes to you yeah. Um, that just yeah makes sense and you can't question it. And in fact, we, I remember one time when we did uh, when we were in the writers group we used to be in, showing a video of that piece of material which always always just sort of works. Mm. And then someone in the room was like going it's like so well no you need to explain more why and it's like no you, no you don't because it's, it's getting yeah. a laugh so yeah you don't shut up and it's no, that thing over, about analyzing. Over, over over analyzing and that that happened yeah. quite a lot with that particular writer's group didn't it i remember yeah. that people would overanalyze for the sake there's a reason of why we're not in it anymore yeah <laughs> it's, it's and it was useful for and, and actually it was, it was useful. very useful it and was. the people a lot of people in it were were hugely talented and have gone on to do amazing things so you know and then there's us and then there's us <laughs> but maybe they were right we were wrong i don't know but but, no, but actually <laughs> yeah. but but actually what a lot of those groups are and i've you know this is like any group i think of anything you ever do it mm. gets to the point with the group where you talk for the sake of talking so people yeah. feel, feel like they have to justify their existence in a group mm. so people say things and actually when it comes to comedy writing what you don't want to do is overanalyze it you know no. and that's we, we've been guilty of that before we've definitely overanalyzed stuff you know yeah. i think before and, oh, yeah, you yeah. know and but actually yeah like anna said a lot of the time it's best to not overthink it don't mm. overthink stuff and then that's where your best stuff happens you know yeah and it's an instinct thing isn't it and, yeah. and, and like i say you know if the most covered song of all time came in a dream then that just mm. says it all, doesn't it? Don't yeah. just so. So now I'm going to just basically I'm going to take like sort of sedatives, and I'm going to spend my whole time not thinking about anything, and look how unproductive I'll become. I'll, this is know, it. I'll be, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get fatter. <laughs> there'll be no, there'll be. I won't write anything. So I'll just be waiting for that inspiration. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, this could be the the negative turning point in my life. I think. I think I do. I think I need. I need like a um, like a, a retreat where I can go away and yeah. like allow my brain to to explore because I think you know I'm you not, have to literally I'm, retreat into it though you have to you have retreat, to back in yeah if you go, if you're walking yeah. straight away straight yeah. ahead won't work yeah. for you yeah exactly I've got to retreat <laughs> you've got to be sort of threatened and then go oh, yeah and then no. go oh. <laughs> sorry no I'll let, I'll let you make your serious point <laughs> but but it is weird, but it is I think with lockdown stuff mm. you know it, it it's been intense because it's been all consuming children have all cons- all consumed mm. this lockdown because I've li- they've literally been here twenty four hours a day seven days a week which yeah. you kind of you take for granted school and nursery and um you know grandparents and childcare and things like that because what they do is break up your time and allow you to, to time to sort of do other things yeah. in your life when you don't have that mm. your children are there all the day you know I'm not, I'm not moaning about my children um you know maybe a little <laughs> tiny bit but are they, but, are they big as in, podcast listeners will they will they hear this well this is it they, they won't listen to this until they're yeah. older and then they'll go oh is that what you thought of us really yeah it's really sad um <laughs> but but no I, but i'm you know it's been amazing because it actually has been genuinely hmm. to, to spend this much time together it's been really nice but i think it, it definitely has stopped any other time to consider anything else and yeah, yeah. when you and the thing for me that what Anna was saying you know that the, the thing that she did the the sketch about um being smug in lockdown and having people who are doing all those things and writing their novel and all that sort of stuff and I think I I just thought how the how have people got time for any of this stuff you know literally I can get through a day where I'm trying to entertain my kids and get through all the schoolwork and everything else yeah I, and I was envious because I was like, I want the time I kind of want the time to do that and it was only mm. actually watching Anna's 
video, her sort of sketch about people being smug in the lockdown, and then a couple of other things that I saw that were like that, people taking the mickey out of it. But mm. I was starting to relax and go, yeah, actually, yeah, fuck it, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know? Oh, no, <laughs> exactly. Like, and actually, yeah, it doesn't. It's not, it, it, just because we have this time, it doesn't have to happen now, you know? It and can and who's to say, exactly, who's to say you have to do it now? You do it when, yeah. when you have the time and when yeah. you're ready for it. And yeah, there's definitely, yeah, that's life, isn't it? You know, you, you can spend your whole time thinking, should I be doing you and this yeah. is going back to the thing about I think inspiration you know it comes when you least expect it really good yeah. ideas you know not yeah. like for me as a songwriter like when I used to write songs I don't really do it so much now but the things that just came in a moment yeah. whether it were really inspiring ones if I sat down and go right today I'm going to write a song yeah I probably wouldn't or it wouldn't be a very good yeah. song so it's yeah so there's yeah, and also like we, it's like this. You know, this yeah. is the thing that's come. You know, we look. We're putting out a bloody podcast, all right. What more do you want in this? Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, exactly, we are, we are doing that, and that, and we we've for years we've not had the time to no. to write material and stuff. And actually, no. but then at the same time, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want to sit down at the sort of small amount of time we did have and go right. Let's no. write something because you'd no. never get anything written because you just sit there going, oh god, you know. Yeah, it's too forced. Isn't it's it? too forced, and so. I don't feel bad about that, you know. Only, only that we joke about the fact that we're still doing the same material, you know, and people might yeah. see the same stuff. But we've always said with mostly comedy, it's our thing, so who cares? You know, exactly. So we can do yeah, what we yeah. want. You know, can do what we want ultimately. But and, and but most actually, people do enjoy yeah. it when it comes, don't they? Yeah. And it's a, you know, I for a good example is Paul Merton, who's who's someone who um, has says himself, I haven't written any material for about. 20 30 years um uh, because he just doesn't you know he he used to go and do gigs and stuff and he felt the pressure of that but obviously Mm. something like if i news for you he's just sort of riffing with the thing but you don't necessarily have to like there's a thing there's a for us there's something Mm. that that is doggett and f grave that is whatever we do so yeah you know these little moments i mean obviously it's better when your voice does work but, well, this is it. But, My voice is uh, definitely struggling. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the kids for you. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I have been a bit worried about we might have to get another person in to voice you from now on. Someone <laughs> yeah. with a really good RP, like really Someone who can say their baritone R's. voice. <laughs> I could say their R's. Yeah. I, the amount of funny ideas I've had, they've got a fucking R in them. I know. Like, well, Glenn we can't just, say that. Yeah. Cut that, cut that, yeah. Yeah, it's like working with fucking Jonathan Ross, for God's sake, um, who ironically has an R in his surname True, at the beginning. a real problem, isn't it? And yeah. yeah, but I guess embrace it, Glenn. Embrace your weak R's, but be very sure. careful how you say that. Yeah. Because it does. <laughs> and again, if you turn on that moment, it's like, what am I listening to? Yeah, what is Embrace this? your weak R's. <laughs> but again, if you've got to this point in the podcast, then good on you. And you deserve you a fucking listening. medal, I yeah. would say. Yeah. But no, but thank you for listening. And um, if you if you've enjoyed it, there are plenty more yeah. uh, interviews with all kinds of people: uh, Rory Bremner, Bobby Davro, mm-hmm. uh, Phil Jupiters, uh, Paul Daniels. I love it. Kate yeah. Robbins. Yes, uh, that was a good one. That was like ages ago now. Yeah, I know. And Martin, people like Martin Treneman, who uh, mm. is a an actor, comedian, uh, writer, hugely successful and really fun chat that was yeah absolutely and Mm. yeah and a great one tonight as well and um there'll be more to come soon so listen out for that and uh we hope to have your ears with your accompanying body with us again very soon yes indeed bye for now bye